which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Everything he does prospers, not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind. All right, there's a little bit of dog bark. Um, got that from Dave's channel. Some uh, peeps are now assembling. We have Christian Baxter in from right, right behind the, the, can you hear me, Christian? Does this thing work? Yep. All right. I hear you too. Good. All right. This is the Symbolic World Fear of Missing Out FOMO live stream for Friday morning. I just got my, I just got my uh, virtual ticket to work this morning. So I just caught the father the young uh, Jordan Peterson taking over the VI, taking over the Q and A, all by his lonesome. Um, so, all right, Christian. Well, let's let's get your report. Someone said you. I haven't checked your channel yet. You posted a video. What's what's been going on? Well, I, yeah, I posted last night just some brief reflections, um, and then I actually posted the Jordan Peterson uh, conversation question with uh, Father DeYoung. Oh. Um, I, I, I just, it's, it just went up like probably a few minutes ago. They're doing a little so, bootlegging, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's not the whole conference. Come on. You'd have Jonathan Fajot with a, with a, with a, with a dog headed warrior on you pretty soon. <laughs> Maybe I should take it down. If I, I will, if it gets, if it gets uh, salty. Uh, no, I'm actually a few views will be okay if it goes viral. You have to take it down. That's, that's uh, sort of the rule of YouTube. You can kind of okay, scare. okay, yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm outside the VIP lounge where uh, Father DeYoung, Stephen DeYoung's in there, like uh, with with a, a a little group of people having a you know a follow up debrief in there. So that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, it's it's just been a one of the things Jonathan said last night was that. And you've, you've experienced this in other situations, Paul, is just, he, he's like, the, the important thing, one of the, that he wanted to get out of this is for people to just find people. Yeah. Um, and so I, that's been a joy uh, to meet, uh, meet up and, and share some meals with people and that kind of thing. And uh, I just got out of Neil DeGride's artist um, talk and it was really good. So. So okay, well let's let's start. You got there yesterday. Um, mm -hmm. You drove? You no, flew? I flew. I flew. Okay. Yeah. All right. Flew in, and uh, yeah, I kind of. It's kind of like this. Uh, I came by myself. It's kind of been a pilgrimage, you know. I'm just okay. uh, finding my way, bumping into people, um, and 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 trying to embody and not be too stargaze and all that kind of thing That's yeah yeah there's definitely a strange effect that these screens have on us I mean, and that's that's all the way back to the silver screen, which is a reflected light and of course this these are lights passing through images so that's yeah. there's a there's a starstruck thing that happens even even with youtubers which um yeah which is a strange a, thing I was on a, a stream with Teo the other night real late 
getting ready for this. And he said, there's going to be people that recognize you here. And I had just only had that thought like a few days before that, that, that would actually be a possibility. And, uh, and then it, and then it happened. Yeah. There were a few people that happened like that. So yeah, it's very interesting. So then you saw Grizz. We got the video of you seeing Grizz. <laughs> yeah. That was again, like I, that moment, <laughs> I, I'm, you know, the first person, it, it was like, maybe I'll see him out in the wild. And, and we were both, we didn't get the parking pass. And so we were finding our way to these. I was just going out exploring and he had found this other place to park. And, and, and I look up and I think, I said, he waved at me and I was, I was like, I think that's Grizz. And so I, I just, I turned the camera on. <laughs> and so, I, I do you mean of, you couldn't recognize him? Well, I mean, it was, you know, that's the, his, his video is real blurry sometimes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, that, yeah, that's the, I, I had a thought and I think I just, it just left me, but. Uh, well, uh, it was, it was noted on Twitter, his, his complete betrayal of Team Denim. You know, Kale Zeldin uh, immediately scored points. That's I, right. You know, you know, I, you know, we've got a war to prosecute here, and 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 Grim shows up in khaki. Definitely, I you know, I could see with the timeline of him trying to find a suit may have been a little difficult before the. Uh, whoa! Uh, it's my uh, it's my it's my high tech uh, camera <laughs> adjuster here. So oh, keep going. Man. No, um, the, the, you know, getting to experience people, um, I, I kind of, I, I, okay, here's what I was going to say. I kind of, even, even coming in and hopping on here is like, I, I feel like I'm trying to balance. What does it mean to, oh, am I trying to get attention or am I trying to represent people that I actually know on this channel now? And probably yeah. both. Yeah. But I'm, but I'm like, uh, I feel like I have, there's almost, a, I do feel like it's a responsibility a little bit to you guys, yeah. to this yeah. little community. Um, and you didn't because, even run a grift. You're paying for this out of your pocket. Oh, <laughs> that's true. Um, I mean, Grizz, that's, that's, now, <laughs> he's doing his work in the VIP, but he better come on this live stream because you know, know, he's where, got, he's got, I, uh, he's got people. Yeah, he's he's and I think he has stuff. He's been he's been documenting along the way. I think he's trying to create a uh, a little mini doc that he's going to put out too. I think that's part of behind that's going to be behind his his thing. I think that's part of what he's doing. So okay. he hasn't been maybe as as like point and click. And that's the thing. I mean, I don't have uh, um, <laughs> I'm not at a place where I can I can I can uh, sell this stuff. <laughs> so, Yet, so, yet. You've well, been doing. Yeah, you've so. been doing a great job, Christian. You're, hey, you're, you're, you've been doing a great job with your channel. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a whirlwind. Uh, and again, that's that. Where I'm at in my life and my journey, trying to find a place to approach it honestly, and and even feel whenever it it, it feels like there's other motivations, and just kind of acknowledge that and. and, and so that I'm, yeah, that's, that, that's been, that's, and I'm still, that's even here, 
thinking about, I was talking to my wife about it on the way home. It's like, man, I just hope I wasn't annoying people. Um, you know, but, but also I'm trying to like, you know, I spent a lot of money to come here and I'm, and I'm trying to do, you know, and be a part of this. And so, you know, so talk to me about the physical surroundings. What, what is the place that you're meeting in? It's so it's, well, I'm in a, I'm in a, like a, I'll use the evangelical term. I'm in a family life center. Um, <laughs> and, and in, on the other side of it is a, is a conference room on the uh, other side of that wall. And, um, is this a church? Is this a school? It's, is this a it's, well, there is a school around here, so that may be part of it. I, I don't know. It's all, it's kind of a conference center. Um, and, and I think it's connected to the, to the, uh, the Greek Orthodox, uh, cathedral here. Oh. I think it, I think it's connected. There's a, there's a huge Greek population here. And I think it's, yeah, there's a sport board up here, but, um, yeah, what, this what, is just where the, what is the team is. mascot for Greek Orthodox Christian school? Right now, it looks like it's a drag, a golden dragon, but uh, oh, oh. <laughs> that's it's that's not the Trojans or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, somebody. Oh, last Can't night, be the Trojans actually, would have to be the Spartans. Last night, someone said they were from Troy, and it was like Troy, Tennessee, or something. And then Richard Rowland from the back goes, "We're all from Troy." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Uh, and then I guess if you saw the Father DeYoung uh, video this morning, he was poking fun at the uh, the Greek versus the Latin. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what we really want to do. We really want to inflame the the Greek versus Latin wars. Yeah, um, well, I, I was actually that's been so productive I, for I'll us. I'll tell you funny a funny story about that. So he spoke first this morning, and I was talking to Father Stephen um, from YouTube uh, acclaim, and wait, no. Not Father Stephen. Father Eric. Father Eric. I was talking to Father Eric, and he and we were talking about, you know, stories in the Old Testament. And he said, "Yeah, and I, 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 I come or I prefer the Latin, making a little tongue-in-cheek joke." And so, like, that was really fresh in me because the next <laughs> ten minutes later, there was a joke about it. You know, so you know, I was, and there was some, hopefully charitable ooh, you know whatever yeah 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 but it is i mean it is a i mean for all intents and purposes it is an orthodox conference I mean, platform yeah yeah, so yeah except for peterson everybody there is all the speakers are orthodox yeah yeah and and but as my thesis contends is you know uh martin shaw had a very evangelical upbringing uh peugeot had like you bring it all with you you bring yeah, it all yeah. with you. I felt like you'll get a chance to listen to Jonathan's talk from last night. I was like, wow, he just did an excellent job sharing the gospel. And, you know, and I'm just like. The evangelical I I mean, neo-Orthodox. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's playing out here. Hardcore. You know? So give me a sense of who's there in terms of, uh, I mean, we know that we know the headliners, the people on the thing, but the, the more randos that are there. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of couples here. There's a lot of there, you know. There's a lot of it's very egalitarian. As you know, I think uh, who's the guy from First Things that's emceeing this thing? Piers. Yes, he kind of was making a joke about it the first night. You know, he was surprised by how many women were here, and I think that's 
in contrast to a like Peterson, you know, general type thing. So I think that's that's pretty interesting. Um, that's on that level. And then, you know, uh, a pretty wide range of ages. There's young men, but I, w- I wouldn't say there's a lot of really young young people here uh but it's hard to tell it's it's hard it's getting harder for, for me to tell that, that kind of stuff. well it's a it's a i mean attending one of these conferences costs a lot of money that's yeah yeah you have travel you have lodging what was the price of a ticket at the conference <laughs> uh for you know i i think it was 400 just for the regular for the pass. regular yeah so that was a that's a that's a pretty steep. I mean, the most that like the Chino Conference, I think, was one sixty five, mm-hmm. or and I think the uh, I think Thunder Bay was about one sixty, one seventy. So yeah. Um, and I'll also say, it's a it's a reserved group of people, <laughs> which um, is why we send Grizz. <laughs> well, yeah, to spice things up. It, what I what I mean by that is, you know, Peterson's walking around like amongst the people at different times, like before, and he he has security with him, but people aren't, aren't just there. Yeah, because of I think the nature of the of the crowd. Like I think it's a it's a more introspective group of people that are here, not not the Petersonian slay your dragons and pick up your load type you know oh so so how orthodox to the degree that you can because you probably are more salient with let's say tlc folks Mm -hmm. um and so my question is what's what how how orthodox a conference is this in terms of its attendees i would say it's again i I, this is this is just straight intuition yeah yeah that's that's all you got uh, I would say it's, it's probably pushing at least half. Okay. That would be my kind of guess. Um, and which I, you know, it's a big, a big amount. Um, if it, if not more, because I, because again, the whole platform is, and so it would basically be people that, you know, just listen to this, these guys on YouTube that maybe aren't. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know, but yeah, I would say yeah. somewhere, somewhere. How about how people are dressed? Casual suits? Uh, you know, I would say the millennial hipster, you know, not, I'm probably one of the few people wearing my hat backwards. Uh, but they're, you know, it's, yeah, tucked in shirt, jeans, and dress shoes, and, you know, kind of a nice. Yeah, it's 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 fairly casual. It, it's fairly casual, but some some women are wearing dresses, um, you know. So as one. Yeah. What's what's the weather through. like? It's a little. You may uh, know this term, June gloom, from I don't know from Southern California. It's actually a little cloudy today, um, okay. and uh, you can get away with the t-shirt. I got a little warm with my flannel on yesterday. Was the day went on, but. It's nice. It's clear. Okay. Okay. Uh, Any estuary type breakout groups? Now, those of you in the hive mind, 
<laughs> what one done by who? Nate? It, it, well, <laughs> Nate will have to tell you. Uh, we sat down for some drinks with a group of people, and uh, it was me, Grizz, Nate, uh, a friend of Nate's named Doug, who I think is a commenter, uh, and then a guy named Paul, who was at Chino that I met. He, uh, he's from Austin. His last name's French. Love, I don't know. And uh, we, it got into some, uh, uh, it was mainly between me and Paul about, uh, basically Paul was presenting an idea. I don't want to mischaracterize him, but that, that everyone just needs to get into orthodoxy type thing. And I think we oh, all I was, I was wondering who was going to play those cards there. And so I, you know, as, as the uh, least orthodox person in this, you know, as far as like, I'm not attending, um, I kind of went with some of the arguments that I have that actually, I feel like, uh, oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely Paul who he's the one who came up. If you've seen the video and he came yes. up and, and, uh, he had a, he yeah. had a little, had a little sesh with me. <laughs> yes. So I, I, I guess I'm representing your spirit, Paul, cause I, because he decided to pick on you. <laughs> yeah, I had my own session. And uh, I, it was kind of an interesting feeling walking out from the, it was a little contentious and we made up afterwards. And um, I was walking out with Nate Heil and his pastors, Father Joe, he brought his priest with him. And, uh, and I kind of felt like, oh, these are my people. I kind of know Nate from being in these spaces with him. And I felt a little known by him, not just I, I don't know how to explain it, but um, that was a really cool feeling, and it, it was kind of related to this this thing. So, so that's that's the only. Is there? So I'm, I, I'm just gonna. I, I want to yeah, preface yeah. this by saying my questions are not criticisms. That's okay. I I am a. Well, not, I'm not worried about you. <laughs> I'm worried about the rest of the listeners, <laughs> because I am very interested in programming these conferences and what yeah. i said what i said to someone uh last night was um or yesterday was often there's a liturgy to conferences that people sort of mindlessly inhabit and they just slot in speakers and then a conference is a conference but it doesn't have to be that way i'm a deep protestant in that way because i like to mix things up and a big part of what john van donk and i have been doing with estuary and what you know nate is working on too is we want to not just do conferences but we want to play with the formats yeah and and that's that's playing with a pretty deep liturgy here so for my impression from the website has been it's been basically straightforward conference am i correct yeah they're, well they're, they haven't had a lot of uh direction for the off time and i would say that that's where you guys are kind of from my from what i've kind of gathered is being more intentional with that and so yeah there's actually a lot of open space um which uh can be good but it's more organic than than with an intention i feel like which but Peugeot did put out like he wants people to, to spend time with each other so i think but um there's not like a, a an intention for cultivating conversation, like intentional conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one of my criticisms of the art conference where 
Actually, I, increasingly, when I look at conferences, I think the plenary sessions are optional and the between sessions are mandatory because that's why I go. I, you know, I, I FOMO means fear of missing out. And, um, and, and Kale says, no, I'm missing out chemo, but you know, my friend chemo, who's, I should have chemo on the channel sometime, but, um, the, to me, the real value there is getting to meet you, hanging out with Grizz, spending time with Nate, getting to meet, you know, even that little intercession with Paul Renee. Um, that's, I, I love that because that's that's something you're going to remember from the conference. Yeah, it's memorable. Like, yeah, yeah. I know I know this person a little bit. Uh, I will say they, they did do this thing um, where, uh, again, I, I'm blanking on the first things guy who's kind of emceeing uh, his name. Paul Hears. Paul Hears. Uh, he he did a this icebreaker with and he he has this i made a little video i need to post it up he has this number system about where how modern or how ancient are you and we did this he did five questions and then he asked uh you know and you you scored yourself and then you did the math and you came up with a number and it kind of shows and so there's this graphic that walks you through and so you can kind of maybe look at somebody's number they haven't made a whole big deal about it, but then you can, oh, this person's kind of like this, but they haven't pushed it too hard. Uh, but that was kind of a, kind of a, you know, personality test-ish type thing. Dread, dread personality test after I posted yeah. that video of the conversation <laughs> yeah. of, the, of the colonizing that personality tests do. Um, yeah. But that's, so what has surprised you so far? What has been the biggest surprise so far? Yeah, I think that how how Christian it is, and then that Jordan Peterson was wearing a coat that said Jesus Christ on it. Really, uh, I, I haven't yeah, seen look pictures at, of look the at coat the yet. But it... Well, I took a picture of the back of four people's heads, and it's on Twitter. And Jonathan Peugeot reposted it this morning, but oh. there's four. It's Martin Shaw, it's uh, Jonathan Jordan Peterson, and Richard Rohr sitting watching the concert together. Richard Rohr or Richard Roland? Roland, yeah. Sorry. I was going to say, Richard Rohr is Catholic. there? <laughs> no, they, he would not be allowed. I don't think. Well, I'm sure he would be allowed. Uh, the, the, and, they, and there's this light shining on Peterson, and, and on the back of his, it's this new, it's like got Greek Orthodox like uh, icons on it. So apparently there's been some contention about if she, he should be wearing iconography, which yeah. I made the point. I'm like, well, if he's not a Christian, like he doesn't have a pastor that can rebuke that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Let him be. Yeah. So, no, Kale, uh, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't been on Twitter today yet. It's been, uh, it's been busy. I, I listened to the Father Stephen DeYoung talk and and watched Jordan Peterson take over the question yeah, and answer. Yeah. How, how'd you feel about that? I turned my camera on. Well, that's true. That's true. That's a good point. I, that's how I felt about it. I was like, oh, I don't know what's about to happen. Um, so, that's. I just was like, this is, he, you know, he's talking to an uh, Orthodox priest and it's happening, you know, and, and, and this is, I mean, he's been in a lot of other explicitly Christian situations, like even back when he spoke at Liberty or, um, uh, well, when he talks with, um, you know, Catholic institutions and stuff. So I don't know. I just, it was a, it, 
what did you think about that? That's something because he was talking about modeling resurrection and and I just feel like how we're getting close to the event uh, horizon with faith and that kind of thing in the conversations with him. Jordan Peterson's event horizon. I love it. <laughs> I I had a lot of thoughts actually about Stephen DeYoung's talk. Um, mm. I don't know. There is, uh, I pro I'll probably make a video, maybe not specifically about it, but about this dynamic of, of there, part of what's happening right now in this space is we are working on some very deep issues beneath the issues that are present in the gospel. And one of those issues is realized versus anticipated eschatology. And what well, that's, that's almost been a theme. That's almost been a theme when you go back and look at John, what Jonathan, even on that picture I took of, of George Pearson and him, he's like, this is kind of my vision of the eschaton. Yep, yep, yep. And Father DeYoung's talk leans into realized eschatology. But if I would use those words with him, he would probably pull back because, but I think the Orthodox actually, a lot of the moves that the Orthodox make, and Peterson's made, made the realized eschatology move a number of times, um, but then was interesting. So then when Peterson sort of asks his question, Peterson then moves into a an anticipated eschatology, a future eschatology, and the ontology of a future eschatology, and the importance of a, of a, of a, of an ontological future eschatology for our psychological realization that I know I'm probably speaking words well, to a lot of people, but you no, understand no. you've, you've got some theological background. So, yeah, I have a little, you know, it's, it's bad this, but it is what it is. Um, and the thing, the thing about that is I think the helpful part about it is how, con how, how much you can contrast, you know, the two ideas, but, but then, the part about what he what he is always bringing that either psychological and even a scientific perspective to it but taking it seriously um and what and and he kind of you know he drew the the parallels between uh you know kind of uh, embodying your ancestors you know is that is that the uh, resurrection of the body versus a, a more real stay away from the l word yeah. resurrection of the body uh, yeah but. not the l word but the <laughs> I, I mean there's what's interesting is that this is going to be a little controversial there's if you listen to enough orthodoxy on some of these issues there's basically an anticipation of theological liberalism in it because if you would take some of what let's say someone like nadia boltz weber says and put that next to Father DeYoung's talk, you're going to find some resonance there. And mm. of course, for a lot of, uh, you know, there, there's a lot going on. Um, yeah, okay. Um, so we do have a, figuring out the relationship between realized and anticipated is because you can, you can sort of say, okay, well, we're not going to, we're going to dismiss the tension between realized and anticipated, but that's a very real tension experientially for all of us. My, you know, um, my, my wife yesterday was, I shouldn't tell stories about my wife, but she, she was going to work and she was like, if I won the lottery, 
would I go to work today? <laughs> and, and then, and then she said about a, um, a situation at work. If I won the lottery, that situation that she kind of talks to me about almost every day when she gets home, I would just laugh at that situation. And I thought right in that moment, there's the, there's the drama between a, because obviously say a lottery winning means a release from the, the necessity of having to go to work. Yeah. And now if I didn't have the necessity to work, how would I then handle the difficult things at work? And you can listen to Tim Keller and many other Protestant pastors make those kinds of references. So we're getting pretty deep in the weeds. Yeah, about vocation, about the, but I would, I would bounce that thought to, to the, one of the deepest thoughts that I took away from our conference was when Jonathan Bajot talked about care. The first thing I thought about when you said that was, how would I handle this if, if I won the lottery? Well, maybe a kind of a, a materialist, a nihilistic answer would be like, well, screw them. But if we're human and we're trying to be goodly or godly, maybe we would, instead of never showing up with our FU money, we would go to work and put in our two weeks notice and we would try to make amends or something like that. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that's how I am. I don't want to come across as, as pious, but that's what that makes me think of uh, from that illustration uh, or that real life situation. Actually. All right. All right, Christian, I have a very important thing I need to ask you to do. Oh, no. You have to show us what you're wearing. All right. I am wearing, I got my khakis on today. I, I actually, and I'm wearing my, uh, I'm not wearing my funky shoes that, that, uh, that Kale made fun of on, on Twitter the other day. But, uh, <laughs> he said, I don't know. He said, I don't know about all these. What, what's with all these millennials who wear like, zip up hoodies and, and, and really interesting shoes and act like they don't. And I sent him a picture of what I basically wore the, the day before. I was like, for some of us, it's the basic pattern. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, but I, yeah. oh, we are losing the denim wars as we speak. <laughs> oh, I my. was wearing denim. I was wearing black denim last night and I'll wear, but yeah, no, no. We're, I actually wear khakis today. That's so funny. I didn't so oh Jordan God. Peterson was wearing denim. Yeah, there, you there go. we go. There we go. <laughs> um, what of the what of the plenary sessions or breakout sessions are you um, is the one that you're most anticipating? Well, um, I've been least exposed to Martin Shaw. I haven't taken the time to to dig in and i think because maybe a lot of his stuff other than his conversions not on the youtubes it's more in books so that's going to be weakness for me uh but the i'm interested to hear hear from him on it on a with it, with that intention and then um yeah i think i think that i'm interested in that and There's also one that I'm interested in that's about taking this stuff and how, how, how it can be practical in your community or in your life. And so I, I think that's important. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, I got distracted by the hive mind. Um, it's all right. It's people okay. are. I mean, the denim. The denim wars are, are being fiercely fought in the <laughs> hive mind right now. They're blowing it um, up. They're blowing it up. Yeah. Um, I, I had a I had a question in mind. Um, oh, oh, wait, you staying in a hotel? Staying by yourself? Sharing a room? Am, What's are you am, Airbnb? I know. I, I, you know, I spent a lot of money on this trip, but where I didn't spend a lot of money was where I was staying. So sleeping in your <laughs> sleeping in your no, rental? No, I'm staying on a La Quinta Inn, about twenty min twenty minutes from here in La Quinta, whatever those things are called. But uh, yeah, just anybody hotel. camping? I don't know of anybody camping. I know that Nate got a VRBO with uh, his with Father Joe, and I think I think his friend Doug. I think they they yeah. got a, a VRBO together. Nate's but, Nate's a chef, and um, so when yes. he did the DC thing, he had me over to his Airbnb and he cooked a meal, and it was wonderful. Yeah, that was. They talked about that, but they're doing a tomata uh, with Paul tomorrow night. That was what? a part of a. Uh, or I think that's what it's called. It's like a, it's almost like Toastmasters. It's it's a it's a, a formal liturgy to a meal. If you oh. look, if you listen to, I can't get the name again. Paul, I got his. Paul hears. Out. Yeah, he does Paul those. Hears. He does. He's those. gonna host one. He's hosting one, a part of a extended VIP package that I didn't get because when I signed up for this thing, I used my wrong email, and I didn't get any of the updates. And so oh, the only thing I had was a picture I had taken of my actual ticket. So they were like adding things on, added, you know, spend more money here. Spend more money. Yeah, uh, yeah. Some of it was important. And, but, but uh, Jonathan actually to that point, he, he kind of got, when he got up uh, and shared last night to open it up that uh, apparently I'd seen this in a Richard Roland uh, video, but that they'd been having some trouble getting things to work like with the release of the Snow White book and, yeah. And I think some of the financial things behind all of that. And he said that the virtual tickets actually helped them make it. Well, it could be. It could be. But oh, it, that's it's, right. It's John Hears, not Paul Hears. You're right, Sanjay. Okay, You're so correct. yeah, I, I've got it all backwards. John. No, Hears. I got it. I got it backwards. I called him Paul. He, he's got okay. an Orthodox. I don't know the name of his brother, but I talked to John. I did a conversation with John. So yeah. um, he's 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 done a good job. He's been funny. Yeah, he's he's a he's a he's a really cool guy. Uh, any sighting of the the Grim Grizz suit? I haven't seen it yet. Uh, you know, so who knows? But this is this is this is the kind of things we're anticipating. I I noted that uh, Strange Theology on Twitter pointed out that the now iconic picture of Grim Grizz holding up his VIP pass. The CIA's shield is behind him. Oh my gosh! Is it really? It is. You better watch your step, Christian. I took you know, the picture. You did take the picture. It's you're exposing. You're exposing the truth. You know. Oh, you know. What, what you know, if it's the whole the whole time? It's he's he's the three letter agency. That's right, Jacob. You know, Jacob's been looking around for it, and you know, and here Grim Grizz. You know, he's got mm -hmm. the cards. He's got the savings throws. I yeah, bet you it's, it's you know been working for the CIA to infiltrate the TLC, and um, yeah. So I feel like every. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. So, so besides, so Grizz did an opening of his, um, 
of his VIP bag. What else does, what else has the VIP sort of gotten you? Well, that, uh, I was kind of skeptical for a little bit about the, the, the utility of the room back there. Uh, but when I came out and father DeYoung was in there kind of with people having a, I thought that that was a cool extra. And I was only in there five for five minutes because I had to come get, um, come talk to somebody else out here. So, but, uh, the, the, that was a, a real, uh, I think value to some people to have a, a sit down in a, in a, uh, it's a small room in a, in a intimate space with a how many, how many VIP tickets did they sell? Any, any sense? I don't know. Um, I know they, they opened it up towards the, they opened the extra ones up. So I, you know, it's probably there's there's three or four rows of chairs on either side that are VIP in the front seats. So uh, and there's probably 30, 30 chairs a row. So 200, you know, I think something like that, maybe. Maybe a little less, maybe 150, something like that. So Faith, Faith and Courage TV says, by the way, the design of Peterson's coat spark talk because the design is based on an order of monks called the schema monk. It's very exclusive and filled with meaning. That's, that's, that's what you, if, if you just see something and you say, oh, that's cool. I want to put that on my coat, you know, for, for yeah. all of the anti-politically correct um, dismissal of cultural appropriation, uh, symbolic appropriation can be a sensitive thing with many different communities. Yeah, that's true. Um, I haven't, I've never thought about it that way. Is he appropriating something? But maybe I, you could also look like it's an attempt at somebody to participate in something. Yep, yep. Uh, it, can, so, it, goes, it goes both ways. And what, and, yeah. and, and I mean, it's just so funny because any situation can be critiqued by anybody yep. uh, for anything. And it's like, won't you just become a Christian? It's like, Mr. P Dr. Peterson was like, well, he's here. He's wearing a jacket that says Jesus Christ. Um, he takes scripture seriously. You know, I don't, I don't know what, and, and we're not static. None of us are static. We are not static. We are moving through time towards a telos of our, Oh, what you're that? so Protestant, Christian. You're so Protestant. <laughs> Why? Why? What? I, I, I think it's a good thing, but keep going. Oh, no, that's it. I just think that that we're, he's on a journey, we're, you know, uh, and this movement is, you know, this is, I mean, just think back, you, you not, you know, 2016, 2017, like, to where he is now sitting with Jonathan at this and supporting his yeah. friend through the, you know, like, uh, that's a beautiful journey. That's a beautiful story. Yeah. Bob, yeah. brother Bob says, uh, Peterson is a Christian. I believe that. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't want to, if you so got to go, if you got to go, I can always, to eat something. If you got to go, I can let the hive mind in. So, yeah. um, cause nobody, I, I sent a link to Nate, I sent a link. Um, and if, if there are any other people that want from there that want to jump in and ask questions or give impressions, it's fine. Otherwise I'll, I'll have to entertain the crowds all by myself. Um, so right, any, well, yeah. any other last thoughts before you get something to eat? Um, 
Well, is lunch is lunch a part of the conference, or you got to go out to get something? I don't know. There's a it's a walkable. Here's what I thought when I was coming in. Tarpon Springs looks like any other Panama City, Florida town when you're driving through the main thoroughfare. But when you turn off and go down into their main downtown district, it's a very walkable place where there's cafes and it's a it's you know it's kind of an ordered an ordered versus disordered existence in the in the old town part. So you can go little places, but I see some people with uh, trays over here. So I don't know. I'm going to go track something down. All right. So Christian's gonna Christian's gonna go get some uh, food, and I'm gonna play a little bit more dog bark. How's that sound? All right. And see and talk guys. around if anybody wants to join, share the link with them, and because uh, I'm I'm looking for people. All right. Okay. Take care, Christian. Bye. somebody else we have we have kale zeldin procrastinating avoiding the uh avoiding oh. the grading he must do big time big time <laughs> i mean well, i keep i keep thinking that these stacks will grade themselves but you know we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> there is no agency kale you have yeah. to grade them all I'll yourself. The kids you know <laughs> there's no author i suppose is the version of that no, no. So, so what are some of your what are some of your thoughts, Kale? Well, I mean, it's funny. I I, I really wanted to go, and I was going to try to get uh, professional development bucks uh, to make it happen. But because it's fall, I mean, exam exams end for us today, and then I've got to grade and write comments and everything. So it's just it was really a, sadly a kind of no go. Um, but uh, I, I I hadn't thought. That it would be like a, a an, an ortho bro fest, but that makes sense now that I, I mean I don't know why I didn't think that, um, but that's always just funny to me, you know. Um, and 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 I'm always intrigued, you know. As a Roman Catholic, I'm always used to being the sort of avatar for like big old you know ancient church guy stuff, and then the, you know the orthos come around and they kind of flex <laughs> on that too. So it's just kind of funny. Um, so it makes me feel like an American Protestant, which I appreciate. <laughs> no, I when I saw the lineup, 
Um, I knew it was going to, and I saw they, you know, this is, I, 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 I suspected, I mean, when they talked about, we'll have a secret special guest we'll announce later. I probably, that's yeah. going to be Jordan. Um, I, I must admit, Paul, I, I, this, I'm so, <clears throat> I'm so, I'm so colonized by you. I thought it was going to be you. <laughs> oh, no. I really no. did. I really did. Uh, but I forget, you know, that the little corner is not as little as I think it is. And, you know, you've always made, you know, it's, there's a Vervakian, you know, uh, side. There's a you side. There's a Peugeot side. So I, I guess I forget because I don't I don't do any of the Peugeot stuff really outside of your, you know, like when you bring them on, I guess. And I love him and I listen to him, but I don't, just not nearly as plugged in. I know there's like a big Facebook. Hey, Sam, how's it going, brother? Hey, Cam. Uh, you know, I just, I'm not as plugged into that stuff, honestly, as, um, uh, as other people are. So, yeah. So anyway, it was JVP. So. Yeah. Well, I, you know, when I saw the, when I saw the lineup, I knew this was going to be, I mean, there are corners to the corner. And most of us don't get the word on a lot of Verveke, um events because Verveke doesn't really host his own events. And this sort of, I mean, figuring out how different elements of the corner have sort of grown in terms of institutions and organization. So, of course, the Verveke Foundation is sort of the institutional organization of the Verveke corner of the corner. Symbolic world, of course, of, of Jonathan. And there have been some... Uh, there have been some some twists on that. Ron and Luke, uh, devices not connected. I see for you. I'll let you in well, once. I'd like to say here, Paul. I mean, I think you know, if I not in the spirit of one upsmanship or anything like that, but you know, um, you know, Verbeke is way more plugged into sort of the specifically academic world. So I think anything that he would do would sort of be, uh, you know, people learn to lean really heavily on the inst or the platforms that have sort of promoted them or or not but sort of they, they run into right you know so i'm wondering hey luke um i'm wondering if you know so so um you know so jonathan is having his version and verveke's is ultimately going to be much more academic uh oriented what about yours man let's do this we've had chino we've had yeah, Thunder bay i have one out here oh well so I'm, what i i have a place you know i mean i've i've i've, I've I, I live at a campus there's plenty of stuff here I, you, I am you, I am you, thinking of redoing a con my first conference, which was at my sister's house, where we had about a dozen people, and all we did for two days was share meals and sit and talk for two days. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I'm thinking about doing another one of those. I'm not like sure if the scale works anymore. What's that, Sam? I'm not sure if you can do it at that scale anymore. Yeah, really? Okay. No like, way. Super oh, you're crazy, man. You're crazy. You know, you just like talk behind your camera all day long. Like they're like they're hordes of us, <laughs> more than dozens, right? The, the the dozens meme. There's more than a dozen. Well, maybe I'll have just to up the price and we'll only get the rich people there. How, how about that? <laughs> just up the price of the rich people pay, and then you discount the rest. <laughs> well, I I don't know. I like that. I like small. I mean, estuary is all about small. Yeah. Um, so well, I'm not saying load up to like 200, you know, plus, you know, you know, over over 200, but um, I don't know. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I just, 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 you know, I, I know I post my little picture of estuary every day, um, on, on Twitter, but like the, everybody can come see the estuary and, yeah. you know, we got plenty of space here, especially in, in during breaks, especially during the summer break, you know? Yeah. Somebody, somebody asked how many showed up in uh, battleground. Well, that was true. I, I, the pastor asked me how many to expect. I said, uh, 15 to 20 and we had about 40 ish. So it was, um, 
it was it was quite a bit. I'm gonna take Sam and Luke. Um, oh, I'll bring Kale back in now. Luke, you've uh, what what are you, what are some of your thoughts, Luke? Oh man, well, <laughs> yeah, I wish there was more. My main thing would probably be the issue of scale, and it's actually what I've been talking about lately on my live streams because I just don't. Like, I think if you're going to try to communicate things by a bunch of luminaries on stage that are understanding things through academic, scholastic terms, you're, you're, you're forefronting propositionalism versus relational knowing. And I think relational knowing is fundamental, and that requires smaller scale yeah. and time for people to know and talk with each other, which is why the TLC, as far as I'm concerned, is a PVK corner of the corner. I don't really think the Peugeot and Brevet key role in it very much because it's idea centric. Is, is that your baby, Sam? That's right. Yeah. Are, are, I don't know what your signal means, Cal. Well, oh, I was just going to say, I mean, I hear you, Luke, you know, and I, I, to me, you know, you know, I, I think of like a medieval city, you know, a medieval town really. And, you know, you've got neighborhoods and then, you know, you've got neighborhoods, you've got neighborhood churches and you've got the cathedral. And I think there are real times in which you have to orient toward the cathedral, um, not not as a sort of a day to day thing, but as a you know it's it's a kind of hierarchy. There's a sort of a natural hierarchy to that um, that you know I think people crave you know everybody wants to be on the mothership, right? Uh, you know, and, and so I think people crave those experiences, not just sort of I don't know I, I don't know maybe I'm I don't know I, I, what is if I get your I allergy to you. it. I get your allergy to it. I do agree with you to elbow sense, I mean, I can see. and elbow bumping into and meeting people and talking to people on the side, even art for as you know broadcasty academic as it was, it sounded like they had a lot of hanging out and stuff like that. And so I, yeah, I think that what what are the next biggest in PVK land? And I don't think that there is any sort of flagship concert or conference in the world. Well, Nate is working on something in the Pacific Northwest, and that's probably going to be at the Olympia CRC because, again, the I mean, a lot of this is networks. So the battleground estuary happened because I had to go to a meeting and I, I know the pastor. I know the pastor in Olympia. And so in the CRC, I have a network and Chino was, of course, in there. But I, I, I mean, at least what Vendank and I, and I think Nate also, what we want to do is not just have conferences, I think we want to play with the format and the implicit liturgies along the lines of what Luke was saying. Right. Um, you, you need, cause you need those. I mean, I think, you know, I think a lot about liturgies and, and not just, you know, I, I know like my Catholic liturgy, but I mean, just like the liturgies of life, liturgies of being. And I, I feel like we're really not good at those. And, 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 and so therefore if I were to, if, if my two cents were worth anything from a planning standpoint would be, you know, and, and look, this is implied why I think Grimm talks about uh, uh, paintball for Jesus. Right. I mean, I, the idea is that, you know, it would be like, it's like, I remember the first time my wife threw a birthday party for one of my kids when they were little, little. And like my, my sort of sense of it was like, well, you know, um, we'll have some Kool-Aid and we'll have some cake and some ice cream and like, we'll hang out. And my wife was looking at me like, Kale, you can't just, have little kids hang out. You need to give them something to do. And I'm like, well, 
I, you know, and, and it, of course, I now know exactly what she was talking about. <laughs> right. So it's, it's like it's why, you know, Thanksgiving in, in, in America has become, you know, you go over somewhere and you 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 pre-eat and then you watch a football game and then you eat and then you watch another football game. It's not because everybody's necessarily obsessed with the NFL, but it gives a, a, a it, it's it's something around which you or, ordinate. Right, right, and and that's it, it. So I was I I was really and again I, I'm I'm analyzing here. I'm not critiquing. I want yeah. people people to understand that. And again, I'm not worried about you guys. I'm worried about just people listening because PV Key is on there. You know, criticizing the symbolic world summit. I am not. But I, you know, whereas, you know, when I first talked to Peugeot and he says, I want to talk about the liturgy in your church. I said, our liturgy is a mess. So but, but, but Paul, but, but, Paul, but is... I'm curious about the liturgy of a conference, because that's, I think, part of what's going on. Go ahead, Luke. So, Paul, I think this is this is right in line with what Verveke and Jordan Hall were talking about recently. They were talking about this transjective ecumenical type relating and dialoguing about all that stuff. But you know who actually has boots on the ground evolving and developing this over the past five? Your corner of the corner. And only your corner of the corner. I would say. I mean, I don't think the other... Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I I was just going to say, Paul, you know, I I think, you know, when people hear the word liturgy, you know, especially in, in church, um, in church conversations, you know, uh, the easiest thing to see is, you know, look at the, look at the mass or look at the, the, you know, the, what are the, what do the Orthodox call it again? They call it the, the divine liturgy, the divine liturgy. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's like, yeah, those are clear and obvious, but I mean, you know, your, your liturgies are liturgy. I mean, again, it might not be something that I'm accustomed to, but you know, exactly. Like if you, if you've been a member of your church for a year, even, you know, you walk in, you know, exactly. And it's all about anticipating, okay, this is when we do this part and this is when we do the next part, you know? And so I don't know. I, 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 I have a, obviously I'm, I'm biased. I, I, I think the Eucharist is the point, you know, personally, but, but I think you're selling yourself short to suggest that you don't have a liturgy. No, I know. And I very much know I do. And so for uh, James K. Smith from, from Calvin, I mean, his whole book, Desiring the Kingdom, that whole series of books, he makes the point that all of life is liturgy. And that was Peugeot's point about liturgies develop. And so if you actually want to form life, liturgy and formation are deeply tied and there's a, there's a great essay uh, uh, there's a great essay i think it's written by an anglican vicar uh you know we're talking like 1930s 40s maybe and he talks about the liturgies of life and he talks about the liturgies of the home and that was the first time and as a catholic and that was the first time that i really began to understand liturgy was not just this sort of reserved thing that I do on Sundays or sometimes during the week at seven o'clock in the morning, but liturgies are sort of scripted um, play acting into the world and, and not fake, right? Not, but, right. And, and look, I think this is what you were getting at with Senstock and this whole kayfabe business. I mean, people hear the, the word kayfabe and they immediately think you're being dismissive or being playful, but I think there's a deep truth into the way that we organize ourselves through play acting, you know, right. and and that's why I think some of that stuff that that Peterson did with play um, and kids years ago now, three four yeah. years back, is yeah. so so important because 
when when I hear folks here talk about breaking the fourth wall or or um, uh, participation in that Vervakian sense, I mean, really, what we're talking about is like how are we going to play well with each other? You know, we have that phrase to play well with one another. And, and I think that is exactly the crisis that we are facing is we don't know how to play well with each other. And to Luke's point, I think what you are sort of spearheading in this space is really, I mean, look at the three of us. You know, you're reformed, Unitarian, uh, Unitarian same, is that how I call it? Um, and, and, and a Roman Catholic. Like, what? Like, you know, and here we are, we're learning, you know, uh, there, there's, a, there's a sort of a, a participatory attitude toward what you're doing here that I think is vital. And maybe that's what Luke is, you know, objecting to in this sort of the scaled up version that's uh, impossible to control. I don't know. No, I think that's right. And the fact that I said, I, so I'm sorry, I have, I have to publicly apologize to Sam about lapsed. Um, lapsed. <laughs> <laughs> Sam has suffered more than I have for the faith. I will, love, I will completely, it. I will completely own that. Sam, you have suffered. Um, <laughs> and not caved. I never caved. <laughs> Sam has not caved. I, I cave until, every day, Sam. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> until, until, uh, until I, I get to finally win the battle and, uh, Sam, um, Anyway. Luke, your 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 Billy Crudup energy is killing me today, man. <laughs> it's like it's like Russell Russell from Almost Famous. I love it. It's like you're a golden god today. I guess you know. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Oh come on! It's like one of the best. Okay, I'll stop. Almost Famous. You you were you were channeling Russell the the, the lead. So I uh, I don't know. I have this weird thing. My wife doesn't know what it is. Number one, people comment on my looks all the time, and everyone thinks I look like someone famous. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Well, you do have Take sort of a, a Hollywood disheveled quality to you. <laughs> it's so. the jawline. It's the jawline. Nathan, what say you? Hey, I just wanted to um, maybe give a little bit of a uh, little bit of pushback on Luke's comment. Um, sorry, hold on. I can hear myself on YouTube. Um, that that. Paul's corner is the only corner um, who's facilitating connections. Um, you know, I basically went through the Pajot pipeline and took seriously Pajot's uh, kind of go to church message. And so I think a lot of uh, us who converted, you know, from Peterson to PBK to Pajot uh, kind of exited more online interactions and started interacting more at our local parishes. So that's all I want. Yeah, no, I'm talking. I'm talking about exclusively the online community. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, which is like a different thing because, like, Sam and I have never met in real life, and I don't know. I like Sam's maybe one of my closest friends. <laughs> like, I don't know. We're like we know each other really well. That's true. That's true. I so, still don't approve of the way you dress or the way you look, though. But well, other than that. <laughs> All sorts of people, or, or, or your all. facial hair grooming, or any of those sorts of choices. But uh, I, I appreciate it. Well, <laughs> it, it was funny because I, at the so up in battleground, I was talking to the pastor of the church there, and part of what's going on in the CRC right now is that in this whole fight over same-sex marriage, there was a group from really the affirming side who wanted to. Uh, because they lost so badly at the last two synods, mm -hmm. they they want they started a group called Better Together that was basically 
well, we're not affirming. We just don't want the family to split up. And so we want local option and basically all of these things. And they went to the Lilly Foundation and got a $1.3 million grant from the Lilly Foundation. And um, and then when a bunch of people heard that, they're like, gosh, Vander Clay, you're doing, they, they got nothing going. You're doing more than them. Why don't you go to Lilly and get a, you know, one plus million dollar grant? So I, I mentioned that to Ven. I mentioned that to Van Doc. I said, "Yeah, you know, we could probably we could probably get a you know million dollars for estuary." But then I said to him, "Would that kill it?" And um, and and so I think Luke, you're you're probably more sensitive than most about this is this is, is that something that is helpful to. I know that I've been criticized for this a lot but helpful to keep it small and keep it slow and keep it organic because money does something to things. So, okay. So Luke, uh, I, I'm going to go here. Sorry. So that movie that I just talked about, almost famous, do, have you seen it or no? It's been a long time. Okay, I like so, certain movies I've watched before my mind was opened. Paul, Paul, have you seen it? Yes, I have seen it. Okay. So there's a crucial moment at, at toward the end of the film in which um, Jimmy Fallon is is this sort of slick producer. And he comes into this sort of up-and-coming band. And up at this time, they've been taking this bus from small town to small town to small town. And they're kind of going around the country sort of doing that thing. And Jimmy Fallon's character comes in and says, guys, guys, you know, look, you know, you need to go big. This is your moment. You know, ditch the bus. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, we're going to put you in big stadiums. I've got airplanes. I've got, you know, the whole bit, right? So the, yeah. so that is right at the cusp. And of course, every band, and this is, I think, really is scaled to what we're talking about here. Every band has to sort of hit that moment. Okay, like we can hit the status rocket that we have been, I mean, since I've been playing in my garage at the age of 12, this is the moment, this is the moment, mm -hmm. but am I going to sell out, right? And I think that, that, you know, look, I I noticed today, Paul, in the hive mind, like all this stuff about griff, 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 right? And, you know, and look, this is something that, that I, yeah, they're right, right, exactly. You know, <laughs> this is something, yeah, I know, it's remarkable. This is something that I've been, I think about all the time, as you know, Paul, right? Just like, you know, the the, the dangers of falling into the territory of griff. And I, and I just, I, I think it's a, it's proper to be mindful of that sort of thing. But I feel like in this, especially this side of the little corner, we get really, really sensitive about the the sort of the turning it into the grift. And I, and I, I just, again, I'm not saying, I don't know where the line is myself, but I think it's okay to play with that line a little bit. It's okay to be successful, right? You know, Paul, you and I had a personal conversation about being poor for Jesus, right? And <laughs> the, the thing that haunts me all the time is that, you know, I have, like you, I have chosen meaning versus money. And I just wonder if, if I've been way too um, radical about that, yeah. Yeah. you know, about that line. And so, and so I just, I, I like Peugeot and I, and, and I like, I don't think, you know, people will say that Peterson is sold out because of the Daily Wire and all that sort of stuff. And I just don't really think that's true. I think that, I think it's actually kind of security more than, grift and so what what is the thing because like, i think the three of us would all agree that like what we are doing what you're doing paul and what i'm participating in here with luke and everybody is a good thing period you know full yeah. stop it's a good thing and so good things are meant to be shared right and so uh how can we best share it that preserves its genius like its spirit um but but doesn't sort of keep it under a bushel 
But I think that's fundamentally the problem of mammon is that when you want to keep it and control and capture the spirit, it turn you take God and you turn into mammon. I think almost every time and the spirit moves where it will. I just that's 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 always why I've been so I just joked with Paul on our way to Thunder Bay. Because remember, you were talking about the Israel trip and you were saying Peugeot was going over there. And well, I don't know. And and I was like, yeah, Paul, just go over there. <laughs> just get, get behind me satan get the status get the money there is there is though i mean part of what i think Griff, what i think grizz does really well is that he inverts this stuff yeah. i mean the goal post grift yeah uh where i mean it's he is he is the televangelist of the corner in a in the funniest way and he can do it because his channel is small and right. he can do it because there are days his channel is unwatchable. Sorry, Grizz, sometimes your channel is unwatchable. But if it's, it's, tempted, it's unwatchable in the same way the Freddie and Paul show is. If he was tempted like Jesus in the desert, if if anyone were truly tempted with that, I mean, that's the thing. I just, I don't, I will give you all this. That's always the temptation of scale and power and money. And it's hard to get a man to see something if his salary depends upon him not seeing it. Amen. It's really but hard. But then, but then, I mean, but you know, the church works in this world. I mean, you know, but not of it. I I know, I know, but it, you know, look again as the sort of the, the 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 local you know Roman Catholic here. It's like, you know, it it's the absolute mess of 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 the hierarchy, right? I mean, it's it's people. I know people will prattle on about you know the the donation of Constantine, uh, and 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 you know the church has been wrong since then, and you know I, I get what they're saying. Look, Dante himself explicitly talked about that, um, but but like you need to actually have a building, and you need to have a priest, and you need to have you know all the things, and so as soon as you start doing that, you know as soon as you aren't. As soon as you know, what is the the line? You know, the the bird worries not about um, you know. Uh, sorry, I see. I just outed myself as a bad scripture guy, but um, you know, you already said you're a Catholic. Yeah, hey, there it is. <laughs> so, so you know, but the the, the same thing. It, it's like it, it's a, you can study this dynamic in in the formation of the the, the bird worries not, but That's, you see dead birds every day. Right. There it is. Right. So, 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 but if you think, you know, St. Francis of Assisi is the, is the, is the sort of the model for this. And if you've yeah. ever read, you know, kind of a write up on this, you know, that like he wasn't, he wasn't trying to establish an order, right? The Franciscans actually kick him out of the Franciscans at one point toward the end of his life because he was too radical. He was too much. It was too much Francis. Right. And, yeah. and so um, I believe that the tension is not solvable. You know this tension that we're talking about, and and it's very tempting to be a purist. Um, believe me, I, I have in my own life been very tempted to sort of go in that direction. But I think there's there's a there's a maybe for me. I'm speaking here. Maybe there's a cowardice that that hides behind pure seeming. It's uh, it uh, it also. I think you're exactly right, Kale. And I've thought about this a ton, and I continue to wrestle with it regularly. Yeah. And I think I've been doing a lot of thinking about a lot of opponent processings, mm -hmm. and I've been rereading both. Um, um, what you went silent? Sorry, I hit the I hit the button on my mic. This is a, this is a great book. Unfortunately, 
I when I mentioned it in my channel a couple of years ago, oh. I completely drained the used yeah. book market of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so now you got to pay like eight hundred dollars for a used copy of this book. So capitalism at work, boys and girls. Maybe they'll put it. Maybe they'll put it on Kindle. Um, I've been rereading. I've been reading that, and I've been rereading Carlos Irie's um, Reformation. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. a which so, is a terrific book too. It, it's really necessary reading. I mean, for all of us, it really, really is. Yeah, and you know, and so I was thinking about sort of the opponent processing between that happens with the Protestant Reformation, and and sort of what's happening right now is there's sort of a swing back to a lot of the pre-Reformation things, the the need to embody, the need to instantiate the the neo-sacramentalism, and so we, we because we as human beings can't get these things right. That's right. That's and right. Yeah. and when you listen to Jesus, so last week I just preached on. Um, you know, when Jesus, so there's the story of the rich young man. So you have women and children. If you go back to last week's rough draft for Sunday, maybe I'll post the, the full sermon on my channel, although the sound is never good. And, and the, my real sermons are contextual. You can always see them on the church channel and the link to the church channel is always below. But the, um, Jesus, when, you know, Jesus is just blowing their minds in terms of this money question, right? You know? And but then he flips around the other way, and he flips around the other way. He keep, just, keep, just keeps flipping it around, and that's similar to the realized versus anticipated eschatology questions. And that there are so many of these issues. And I think part of what Jesus does again and again is basically say, in this era, in this dispensation, you cannot solve these issues. Right. And God and Mammon is one of them. Now you can if you go. All the way to one side, but what what happens when you go to all the way to one side? Like with Saint Francis, you sort of wind up flipping around, That's right? Because the Tao, yeah, it, I think it's so. just it's just this so. nature of this reality right now, and it it's it just keeps scaling down. So, and, Look, and so to that's me, to me, this is an intimation. This is an intimation of 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 our in inborn desire for heaven, right? Heaven is the is the cessation of tension. In, in you know, this is what peace is, right? The peace is the sort of being freed from the the contingencies of having to stay atop the surfboard, right? right? It's like it's like here I am, I am here, like you know, and, and we know we all have a taste for that uh, that that must simply point to the beyond, right? Because yeah. there is no rest here, right? There is no abiding city, etc. It's like so. So I think. To attempt to solve the problem rather than to balance the problem is, I think, the, the the heart of much you know skullduggery in the world. Well, everyone has to live with the problem. That's yeah. what these problems create. We all have to live with them. And Luke lives with it in terms of his family because you cannot be a father of a family and completely avoid the problem. And so as much as Luke would love to live stream all day, every day, God has given him a wife that that is, you know, a thorn in Luke's side sometimes and helps him be a good father, which is exactly what she should be doing. But yet Luke is also building into those children, you know, Luke's insight of, you know, the flowers of the field and the birds of the air. They are, they are, we'll see. It's an experiment how it is with, see, that's, my kids are basically raised on the line of the Tao. My wife of like order and structure yeah. And me of just like complete chaos and absurdity and nonsense. And they're just right in the middle there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And as they grow, they will, you know, you'll, they'll, you'll just watch it. And, and so that's why balance is sort of a metaphor that we try to use, but it doesn't really balance either. Well, well, right, right grip is probably. I, I've always, as soon as I heard Verveki say that on video from from Chino, I think that's where he first started carting that out. At least that's where I heard it first from him. Like that makes so much sense to me because if you, if, you know, anything with a handle, you know, it's like every time you swing the thing, every time you get a hold of the thing, you're like you're 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 finding it. Like for balance, for different shots, for different moves, whether it's a hammer or a golf club or a spade or whatever it is, it's like, you're really always adjusting for that, that moment. And it's, it, it's, it's, it's active. It's not, you're never done. Like you never grab the club. Finally, I grab, I grabbed the club the right time. And the, and it's like, no, like every time you have to kind of keep redoing that. Yep. Yep. And so That's there's that. no rest. That's that beautiful personal knowing because it is relative and contextual to every situation, but not arbitrary. Right, 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 right. That's 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 right. exactly right. And and Jesus, you know, the reason Tom Holland says Jesus is the greatest short storyteller ever, you know, in the world. You know, even when he gets out, you know, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what's God. I mean, that's just like you can't get to the bottom. That's right. That's right. Of that saying. Right, because it's right, because it's it's what is that what is that um that concept in physics where uh it, like if, as soon as you try to like pin down a thing it moves Heisenberg's um, uncertainty principle yeah that you know it's like I think there's I think that's embedded in these sort of par parabolic teachings of Jesus it's like you think oh, okay that's what I need to care right you know or like go and sell everything you own right and follow me it's like okay that's what I have to do and then you go and do that and you screw it all up right because you forgot all the nine. 20 thing, other things you have to kind of keep in some kind of balance. And I think we want to isolate it, you know, pin it down and make that the thing. And then everything will flow from it. And it's like, it doesn't really work that way. Yeah. You know, and, and the, you know, um, Dr. Jim says, father Jim, sorry, Dr. Jim says capitalism is the enchantment of our age. And the truth is that when you make decisions with respect to this, these decisions will bind you. So, you know, I, I talk to my children about because my children are now at the age where they're just starting getting into careers. And I tell them, I say, there is a relationship between meaning and money when you get into when you get into a vocation. Yeah. There are some vocations that are deeply meaningful and the money will be small. And there are other vocations that are deeply lucrative and the meaning will be small. Now, sometimes you get both. And that's really wonderful when you do. But there there are these trade offs. And. Um, and the thing is, I, I watch it with people too. What Jesus says about money is true. Yeah. And Paul, I don't, so this isn't behind your paywall. So I don't know if we can talk about that guy you spoke to, who's the successful businessman consultant in England, whatever. Yes. No, that's not behind the paywall. It's not anymore. Okay. No, So this is, but this is like almost proving the point of what I would call technological babble in the closed circle of, of systems with money in regards to everything. He, he is hired as a consultant to come in because all the people that are in the system can't see outside of it. And they just keep trying the same things over and over and over in this binary way because they're, they've made themselves into machines and they can't figure out why it's not working. And then he comes in from the outside and he's like, well, this is why it's not working. Dumb dumbs. Like this is obvious, but that's, right. that, that you, you can't be closed in that closed circle. This is why religion and conversations and everything has to be constantly dynamic. This is my beef with confessionalism. So, so Luke, what's interesting to me about this is that, you know, so I, as you know, I, I teach for a living 
And, you know, for years I was an academic administrator and then, um, and then, and now I'm back into teaching full time. Right. And like, I have like loads and loads of experience with this stuff. Right. And, you know, I can go online and talk to other people about like what I know as a teacher and all that. And I, I have genuine wisdom and insight into these sorts of things, but I guarantee you that I, I cannot go up into my, you know, faculty meeting here and say the things that I know to my colleagues, because they're like, Kale, who, who the heck do you think you are? Like, I, I see you like change into your golf clothes to go coach the team. Like, who do you think you are? Right. And so there's this weird dynamic where I'm a, I would be, a, I think, somewhat of a commodity to another outside place about the insights that I might bring to the classroom. But my, my fellow colleagues would just be like, yeah, shut up, dude. We, we know you. Well, and, and, and they're part of, I mean, part of why the church has been, the church has been wrestling with these issues always, all the way back to Ananias and Sapphira. All the way back to Jesus pay. It's so funny that we're talking about money and Chad just keeps yeah. dropping the super chats. <laughs> well played, Chad. Well, well played. I think, I think Chad. This, is like, this is to Chad's point, though. The reason AA works and why it hasn't been beholden to systems and manipulation is because it has precluded money. Yes. Yes. That's but why. it. But why? it's why? also. Why? Go ahead, Kale. Somebody's. It works from the money of others. I was just gonna say it's like it's not doesn't it doesn't not need money. It just it's not it's not sourcing it in the way that other institutions source their money. Right. So you're saying it's parasitic, but it would still work. No, not parasitic. No, 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 no. Not parasitic. It's just it's gift. It's the spirit of gift. It lives like the birds of the field, but birds die yes. every day. Right. Sure. That's it the, would work in sub-Saharan Africa. That's the reality. That's the reality of this. Now, when I say dispensation, it doesn't mean I'm a dispensationalist. Yeah, yeah, the I word know. is older than you guys yeah. know this, but you know, I when I when I say that word, I know as a preacher, when you use words, you learn you don't just have to sort of live in this technical world, you have to live in the the real world where everybody else uses language. Don't lie, we can see the left behind series behind you. <laughs> the, ducks, ducks eat bread. Contributions, not donations. Kayfabe is big business. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I, I want to get back to the conference a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. Impressions from you guys. From I, I did buy, I did buy the virtual thing basically because it was. I, I how can I not know what they're talking about and run this channel? So for me, it was like <laughs> yeah. okay, I've, yeah. I've, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to see what's going on there. Um, because I, I, at first I was like, um, you know, I, again, I have limited amount of time. I can actually leave living stones, especially Sundays. And I knew I couldn't do this conference and be back yeah. on a Sunday, but, um, it, it would, here's it one been... thing, Paul. Yeah, I, ahead, I, so, uh, I don't know if you saw this yet. I'm assuming you have, but like, uh, Jordan Peterson retweeted or whatever, Paul Antleitner who posed, uh, who posted a little thing from Joe Rogan talking about how like essentially the world needs Jesus now and we're in dire States. And, um, and then, uh, George he said, said he's going to be I'll back. See you soon, Joe. Yeah. Like he's going to be going back on Rogan soon where I'm assuming they're going to be talking pretty explicitly about religion and Jesus. And stuff. it's going to be interesting. So, um, I don't think Joe Rogan understands the second coming, but that's all right. 
anyhow. He need he's like we need Jesus to come anticipated back. Anticipated versus re right, realized right. eschatology. We're back to that one. Right, totally. So um, I don't know. In light of all this, I mean, I don't I didn't buy access to it. I'll see stuff when they come when it comes out or yeah, whatever. Um I wish it weren't quite so ortho broy as Kale said, because I don't know. I just <laughs> I, I think Orthodox because means... you are Luke. You join the Orthodox Church and you get a rash from Orthodoxy. That no, is so you, Luke. I don't know. It's not even that. It's the East. It's what Brad Jerzak calls the Eastern Rite evangelicals. Yeah, the people that convert to Orthodoxy and want to just convert everyone to the new exclusivist religion of the right side of history, which isn't what Orthodoxy does. That's what evangelicalism does. The Eastern yeah, Rite. No, I think what, what, right. what did you say? Eastern right, Eastern right evangelical. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Look, because here's because Luke, you and I both know, you know, and I know this. You know, a lot of my Catholic brothers and sisters, especially conservative and trads, don't understand is that we're all Americans, yes. and and we absolutely kid ourselves to to suggest that we're not. We haven't been opponent processed into. We're all radical Protestants. Every the modern, the modern world, the exactly. modern technocratic world is Protestant. Yeah. Right. And so I just, you know, so all this sort of grandstanding that I see from ortho bros and Catholic trads, you know, it's just, it's, it's, um, it's just low res and, and it, it's, you know, cope or whatever, whatever, whatever sort of sneer I, I can drum up. I'm not trying to be a jerk about this either. It's just, you know, this is why maybe Paul, this is why finding your channel all the way back in the day when I did was such a breath of fresh air for me because I was very, very close to going full bore, rad trad, like I'm sick of all the MFers, you know, um, and, 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 and I, and I, 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 I talked myself off the brink of it because I realized it was, it was in fact a, a kind of a LARP too far. Um, uh, and, and again, this is coming from somebody who actually believes in LARPing, right? So, um, and I really mean that unironically, I, I, I you know, um, it's how we have, it's how we live and move and have our being and, yeah. and, and, but, but it, it's, it's this shrinking of the world, right? That, that you see again, I, using your phrase, Luke, is sort of the evangelical Catholics and the evangelical Orthodox is just sort of this strange shrinking of things. It's like, well, it's just these 10 things. And if we, everybody just did these 10 things, everything would be just fine. And it's like, come on, how old are you? You know, right. it's like, I, I'm 51 now. Like, it's like, I, I stop it. Just stop it. Just stop. Well, it. but all of that, we spoke about this explicitly, me and Mitch this morning and the live stream oh. that I did is like the, but I think that tension, that exclusivist, religion of the right side of history is the tension that has brought us to where we are because i think there was salvation for the jews which was for the world in israel and in christ i think there's the particular exclusive jesus which is for the world for the person and for the individual which we are living out here in these tensions in the west and i think i don't know because like it does matter it a lot of it comes down to me. I think Jordan Peterson, this whole conversation, the Jordan Halver-Vakey conversation, TLC, is only here. We're having this Kairos moment because of the meaning crisis, because of the nihilism of the West, because the whole world has been Protestantized. Right. Yeah, again, in a, in a small P uh, sort of way. And and I, I think that's exactly right. And, you know, the way that I make peace out of it 
um, for me personally, and I may have shared this with you, Paul, I'm not sure, but uh, is that I understand this place to be purely liminal. Like this is not a telos. You know, this is, this is, this is, um, this, this the, what we're doing, even like just literally right now, physically yeah. right now versus what we're doing with TLC and what we're doing on YouTube is that it's, it's liminal. It's uh, it's something has risen up that affords us an opportunity to create what with the flotillas and life wraps and whatnot. Um, but this is not where this is not our destiny. No, our destiny no. is not YouTube. Our destiny is not, no. you know, whatever I can do in the online space. Destiny no. is, you know, meat space. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, wait, what? This is the dojo. Well, right. This is, I mean, this is the this yeah. is the uh, this is the virtual Silk Road. Because it's where it's allowing people. What does everyone say who's in your corner of the TLC? I had no place where I could talk about these conversations. Right. right. And, and and it's also as Joy, I keep telling as Joy's church adjacent. I am not starting a new church. Yeah. I am not starting a new church. We have plenty of churches, okay? You have Orthodoxy, you have Catholicism, you got how many kinds of Protestantism? I'm not starting a new church. But I, I do want to help people. It's 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 mere it's mere Christianity hallway. I do sure. want to help people find a room. I mean, that's, that's been my goal all along. Yeah. I, I, and like, and I, I think that's exactly right. And so for me, you know, I can, you know, waddle on up to mass on Sundays and I'm not being killed every Sunday. And I used to get killed mm. going on Sundays. Right. Oh, and, say more about that. Because I'm there and I'm looking around me and I'm listening to the homily and I'm watching a kind of meh liturgy and i just i just know i just know that it i know that it could be so much better right but then what i what i so and so then you start like well this is this is terrible and this is terrible and this is terrible and this whole thing everybody sucks and you know you sort of play that game and um chesterton has helped me in that regard yeah. um um, but 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 specifically, like these kind of conversations and listening to Paul, like on the regular, all the time, has me has meant that when I go to mass on Sundays, you know, and this might sound cheesy and hokey, but I can focus on Jesus. I can focus on me getting right with Jesus. You know, prepare myself to receive the Eucharist, and ultimately doing all that because I've got my two, you know, got my 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 three kids next to me, and my wife is next to me, and we're at mass, and like I don't need to get out of this liturgy every last little drip and drop that'll satisfy my my monkey brain because y'all know, like I'm thinking all the time, like you can't shut this thing up. I wish I could, but I can't, and so like that's why I like Twitter. You know, and like sometimes I do stupid things on Twitter, but oftentimes I'm just like, just get to get out. Of, it's it's here, and I need to get it out. I need to get it out. I need to get it out. So it's liturgical for me. So I swear, I bet you could like look at my Twitter feed and know like, oh, okay, Kale's up early, so he's like he's like sending out like thirty tweets in a row because he woke up and he's got fifty things on his brain and he got it out. And so now I can go and approach my day. I can do my class prep. I can do all this sort of stuff. And so when I go to mass, I don't need it to be perfect. I just yeah. need it to be good enough. Yeah. 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 I, I, and I think, you know, so then I think about the medieval village and, um, and, and I think about many churches and, you know, I've, what am I, I, I love all my videos, but I love some of them more. Um <laughs> The video about sophisticated Christians and simple mm -hmm. Christians. And, yes. you know, the Lord has blessed, cursed us with the jobs we have, the brains we have, the temperaments we have, all the things that we have. 
And and I do think I think you you really nailed it, Kale. This is a liminal space, and this is this is this is a big cope for a whole bunch of us to help us stomach what we have to stomach for the for the good of the world. And so it's a gift from God for us to yeah. to to talk about our stuff. I mean, and and what is you know what is what to me smells like the Holy Spirit. You know, Luke, your 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 morning live streams have been just tremendous. I mean, you've I mean, everybody's known you've been a, you know, a big presence here, but at least for now in this season, these morning live streams, you've sort of found your platform. Um, well, that's, it's almost exactly what Kale does. I think I might stop all YouTube for Lent too. So, but, um, a little late for that. Or, or mine hasn't started. Orthodox Lent hasn't started they, yet. They have no. a delay. Yeah, they, they're delayed from the Western. Calendar. We're delayed. <laughs> How long? Yeah, yeah, delayed? from my perspective. I mean, yeah. It's been weeks. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't match up. Oh, okay. You know, um, well, we'll miss you, but that's okay. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's exactly what I do. Is like I come in, uh, and I just like don't open it up for a while, and I just talk to my like in this frantic, almost neurotic thing for like a half hour to myself, looking at comments, and then I let people in, and it's a, I don't know, but that's I am the same kind of person. Like I need that. Like this is where this is what my buddy Cal says all the time too. He's just like, what else is there to think about than theology? Like what else? What else do you yeah. think about? Yeah. Like this is all I think about all day long, and it's and my family grounds me. My wife grounds me. She's like, okay, let's. She try, tries to listen to me for a while until her eyes glaze over, and she says, let's get practical. Um, but it's uh, I love it. I don't know. I absolutely love it. It's where I feel. This is my flow state, you know. Um, navigating patterns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, navigating patterns. Yeah, so Luke, for me, for me, like that has always been my classroom, you know that that it's it's funny because it's a very structured it's a very structured place, right? Is, is CW at your door, Luke? I hope not. <laughs> he, no, I don't think so. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, Kale. Keep going. No, just like you know, so for me, that flow state has been um, uh, my classroom, right? Um, that that it's interesting because it's such a scripted place in some senses, right? Um, but Lynn always comes in. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I think that's right, Luke. It's it's a flow state um, experience for me. Like that's what draws me uh, into it. But do you find that then that makes your day like you, okay, I can like do my day now. Is that how you feel? About yeah, it? somewhat. Yeah, somewhat. I get it out. I mean, I have normal, cause I'm like that. Like I'm crazy yeah. or like Joe Rogan will say, if I didn't work out every day, I'd be a psychopath. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. Like I got to work out. Yeah. I got to do this kind of stuff. Cause I, I have, I don't know. I'm like 98th percentile enthusiasm or something. I'm a big <laughs> five. Like it's just, it's a lot. You yeah. know? So <laughs> Well, and Kale, your your poetry on Twitter, I mean, that's a blessing for Twitter because Twitter can be inane insanity and to just drop some, you know, someone who knows that world and to just drop a little bit of poetry on Twitter. I mean, that, and, and I think, and it, for me, you know, Luke, it's the same way people say, you know, are you going to, are you going to quit YouTube? It's like, no, I, I'm doing therapy. I don't hire a therapist. I've yeah. got all of you listening for free. Yeah. <laughs> Some of you pay to listen. Well, and this did, did you see, so Abigail Schreier was back on Rogan and they were, because her new book is like the problem with therapy yeah. with kids. Bad therapy, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, she's saying essentially 
therapy, a lot of modern therapy is just you hyper focusing on yourself and your problems constantly. And that's not good for you. And so, but this is different. Like this is why the TLC thing is different. I go on there and I talk for a while, but then I try to open it and have hospitality and I shut up and I talk to other people and I ask them what they think. And I don't always just try to insist on my own points and proving everyone wrong at every point. I disagree with them. Like that's what TLC is good at. You know, it's yeah. creating a space for people to f- think about what they think and then maybe be honest and actually figure out what they think so that they can believe well, which is when they act accordingly. Mm-hmm. So if you guys had to do a conference to get back to the title of the grift here, um, if you guys had to do a conference, what what would you like to do? Who would you like to have there? What would be sort of your dream? See, and that's part of so to, yeah. to, to sort of pitch Nate. When, you know, when I was sort of dreaming this up with Vendank, the point I made was um, I didn't want I didn't want this to be Estuary Inc. I want to see people have a vision for a conference and pursue it. So like Nate's conference, that's going to be that's going to be very Nate and it'll be very grail country. And so as these smaller channels sort of develop, I want to see. I want to see a Grizz conference and I want to see a Grail country conference. I don't want to see a Kale conference. I'm since I don't know that Luke can ever have a conference. I think it's just too ordered. We have a very gifted group up here, but I know I've been waiting, you know, and I know that I've been waiting for the, the, the Minnesota, the estuary of Minnesota to sort of, you know, reveal itself to the Listen, world because Paul, you've got an amazing group. And Paul's never going to be with us now on his status rocket after the Jordan Peterson retweet. He's just, you know, Paul won't join our lowly group down uh, here. Tweets don't get you very far. Trust me. I know this. Um, so, no, I mean, we, ours is, we are, we're doing your slow ferment, Paul. We're, we'll have one eventually, but it'll be very our style. You know, it's not going to probably be big and fancy. It'll probably intentionally not have big names. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I mean, for me, I, you know, I, I would want to run a, I, I, part of me wants to be, it might sound silly, but practical. Um, so therefore I want to get around, get together and read old books together. Right. And, and, and I, so like a kind of a defense against the dark arts um, conference. Um, but I don't know. I mean, can I, can I, could you get a bunch of, could you get 20 people, you know, together for several days and read the Iliad? Oh, people, you see cool. what I mean? You see what that'd you know, be cool. Yeah. No, you know, I know. You'd have to. It'd have to be small. It'd have to be small. I mean, I've done it. Like we've, I we, I've done a conference where I've had you know fifteen teachers, and then we've come and we've read like Augustine's Confessions together, right? Yeah. You yeah. know, and like it's amazing to read like one book, just one book, go you know, boom, 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 all together, and um, it's a it's a tremendous experience. And so for me. You know, the hope, of course, is not to sort of cover it all, but to give to generate a kind of shared experience in which you could say, okay, like there are things here that I need, you know, as 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 Verveke has quipped, you know, wisdom is not optional. All right. Well, then what do we do about it? Yeah. So and and I think too often in these sort of thinky talky spaces, you know, the wisdom tends to get translated as philosophy uh, or theology. And, yeah. um, and I, you know, I love that stuff too, but I'm, I'm a lit professor, you know, that's yep. what I do. And so I think that poetry, um, and I, I, I mean, poetry, not just lyric poetry, but poetry, uh, broadly understood and, uh, you know, is, is absolutely essential. And I do feel like we are cut off from that. Yeah. So that's what I would want my conference to sort of, uh, my dream right. conference to be about. 
All right. Well, it's the the hive mind is resounding that we have a new we have a new new guy in this. So, Stephen, what what say you? Well, this is a very surreal moment for me, uh, because I followed the Peterson Peugeot pipeline, discovered your videos on JP back in sixteen seventeen, and obviously never interacted online with anybody. Um, but the reason why my story is a little more unique is my godfather is Richard Rowland. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's great. So, mind you, being a single guy five years ago, uh, hear about orthodoxy, do the whole orthodoxy conversion thing. Uh, Richard had been going to the same parish uh, with his family. And the way our relationship started is he caught me reading Matthew Peugeot's language of creation book. And that's how our friendship started. Oh, wonderful. And you know, what's really funny is I knew him for years and just assumed because he had five kids and was established and taller, a little more gray, I have more gray now. <laughs> he was older than me. I am six years older than my godfather. <laughs> but um, the it's just a unique experience I had it the other day because it's weird following all you online, hearing conversations with Jordan Peterson, John Peugeot. Um, I have this weird, I'm a nobody, but I have this weird insight through my godfather into the hierarchy. <laughs> so unlike other people who are on this online sphere that have formed relationships online, uh, they don't have what Paul talks about. They don't have access to the elites in the, in the specter, which I'm in this weird group where I'm a nobody, but also have this, weird you know access to the goings on but it's just surreal um but on your note kale about uh, reading good books um richard is a lovely lovely human being mm. um i can't tell you how good a person he is mm. and uh it's just so the online thing is weird because of the lack of intimacy. Yeah. But when you have a guy like Richard that does the YouTube things, but on Friday nights, he's reading Dante with a small yeah. group of people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he had, I don't know how he, we, we joke that he has 72 hours in a day because <laughs> <laughs> he has a full-time job and five kids and is doing a diaconate program and his research, you know, I don't, I don't get how he does it, but I want people to know that he's a guy that's doing the thing. He's yeah. not just doing the online thing. He's doing the, the, the heart of it, which is mentoring people and dealing with the muck and the disagreements and, you know, just, he's doing the thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, well, but it's just so, through. go ahead. That shines through. I mean, yeah. I've mostly watched his universal history with Peugeot 
And he is the star of that show. Nothing against Jonathan, but Jonathan knows it. Jonathan's like, here's the platform. And that's exactly what he said when he was on my channel. He says, I'm not going to make a channel. I'm just going to go on other people's channel. I think that's an absolutely great strategy because once you make a channel, you have to maintain the dumb thing one way or another. It's so why why build your own platform when you when you're invited onto others? And no, Richard, Richard is by all means the genuine article. That that just shines through. It's no a, but it's also it just makes it the you know, obviously the online criticism and Twitter criticisms, but who's criticizing him? Well, no, I just the the symbolic world summit. Yeah. Um, it, so it, it's really, really weird. It? Well, I mean, in the sense of of even people criticizing how much it costs to go. Oh, sure. yeah, yeah. Well, that that's so what that money thing. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I mean. Is, yeah, no, I, I get it because it's like, you know, like I like we all look. All of us go to the grocery store, right? All of us can tell exactly like what what things cost, and and I think what. What I get frustrated with with people who will go off on the grift element, you know, like I saw like the symbolic grift and I'm like, ha ha ha. Right. OK. But 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 my my problem with that is, is that, you know, especially in Christian circles, you know, there's this sort of this weird thing that, you know, apparently the you know, the, the laborer's worth is higher only if he doesn't work in the church. Right. Or, or parachurch type things and, or, you know, these kind of, you know, but but, you know, Pajot's worth is money. Richard's worth is money. Like, you know, these are not, you know, you know, I'd like to think that, you know, with the kids who come into my classroom, like I'm, I'm I try to be worth the money that I know they pay in order to hear me out and let me work with them and work on their writing with them and all those kinds of things. And so I, I get I get frustrated with the grift smear Big time. And Paul can tell you that. I just, it yeah, really yeah. drives me up the wall. Yeah. But it's, it's, it, I, what I want to say something about conference and cost. Yeah. Because I have walked through Catherine with the Thunder Bay conference and um, John Van Donk with the Chino conference. It's a terrifying thing because if you're going to do a conference, it is an enormous financial, if you're going to do a big conference, it's an oh, enormous okay. financial risk. And, you know, you're sick, you've got to plan this thing like six, eight months in advance minimum. And, and there are people that need to be paid. You need to arrange a facility. You need to arrange caterers. You need a web presence. You need all of these things. And all of this stuff costs money. So then you, then you're maybe 20, 30, 40 grand into this thing. And then you have the question, is anyone going to come? And then, and then, you know, it used to be, you know, when we did Thunder Bay, were either John or Jonathan or I going to get speaker fees? We didn't know, no, but, which was fine. But at that point, John had his, you know, university position. I have my church. Jonathan was the only one sort of money. Now Jonathan has a speaker's fee, which he can waive, of course, but I completely understand. Um, and so there is, but this is, this is what happens. And so then if you're going to do a conference, you got to think really seriously because sometimes you put out the call and people don't come and you take a bath. And if you've got a family, so no. And that's why um, that this is, this is tough, tough stuff. And, and it's, you can do stuff with no money, but there are, there are always costs involved. And so it's wonderful to do things with no money, but there are costs. So I, you know, I, it's, 
I, you know, 400, that was a lot. Um, but I don't know what they had to, you know, Chino and Thunder Bay, they basically knew they could, if the conference folded, both Catherine and John could say to their churches and the church would be, don't worry about it. You know, we, we, we haven't incurred any cost. That's right. But if you're, if you don't have, like, I'm, I'm still playing around with, should I do a Living Stones conference? It's going to be small because I have a small facility, but I can use the facility. And now if the conference pays off, Living Stones will get a conference fee to pay for the facility. Right. And hopefully there'll be speaker fees. But to plan a conference for 100 people is different than 200 people. And I'm also curious what the top end is because all of that money is real. Right. So... And, and it's also difficult in this age of online. And this is why I'm sort of giving all this disclaimers with all of my yeah. questions. I've got a lot of questions about this conference and I'm not criticizing. I just want to know because what I want to facilitate is Minneapolis doing a conference and Chicago doing another conference and Nate doing his conference because my vision is I would like to see a lot of conferences probably most of them smallish, but all of them expressing. So Nate's conference is going to be grail country-ish. Yeah. And the VC and the conference, that was so cool, but it was totally Roman Catholic. And, um, and so each of the conferences, and so this is, this is an Orthodox conference. And I think that's great. And it's just a strange space. It's, really really weird it, what do you mean Steve? well i mean orthodoxy is still such small potatoes in yeah. america yeah, yeah. and people um, don't understand that right oh like in yeah. this world they think like a third of the people are orthodox like whatever <laughs> it's like no yeah. not really yeah. but no. In, but honestly that's why if you are orthodox especially a convert you have to think something strange is going on yeah, yeah. because a, a conference with orthodox people but also yesterday i was listening to joe rogan and cat williams yeah yeah and cat williams brought up the book of enoch yeah i know and they talked about angels and demons and aliens for three hours in what oh, world look at that one yeah. But what world do we, of course, they were high as a kite at the time, too, but Detail. that's weird. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Well, this is, so I, I've been, I haven't done the video yet. I've had, uh, anyway, um, but I've been, I've been working on my second conversation with Peugeot because he sends a number of, one of the nice things about time and having these recordings is you can go back. And I re we can go back to that moment. We sort of remember that moment, but we go back to it. And a bunch of the things Jonathan, Jonathan said in that video are very interesting now. And, and, and one of them is he says, well, now we can talk about angels and demons. And it's like no big deal. And it's like, yeah. And then John Verveke says Hermes. And, right. you know, <laughs> the world loses its mind. And... On Joe Rogan, you got a dude talking about angels and demons. And Joe Rogan has, you know, this. Uh, so he's talking to Aaron Rodgers, of all people. Yeah. Who has had his own interesting yeah, an relationship. An ex-evangelical. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we are we are in a super interesting time. But the world is very big. 
and and our our impression. So I, I you know I did a little bit of math, and I think basically the as as Luke said, the Eastern Rite Evangelical Orthodox, um, that's a smaller group than the Christian Reformed Church. Right. And the Christian Reformed Church is not a large denomination. And so it's very interesting, you know, because I would I would imagine that your your immigrant Orthodox communities are they're they're different from now your new American and Canadian and former evangelicals coming into orthodoxy. It's just going to be a different group. And, you know, God bless the orthodox hierarchy because I'll give you it's one example a- that Richard brings up is so orthodox churches have parish councils. That's a Protestant thing. Orthodox churches, at least in the homeland, don't have parish councils. Right. That's like a part of the corporate structure of Protestant-style organization structures. Wow. Um, and that's also that kind of that democratic. Yeah. Everybody has a vote kind of thing. But on that note, in in places like Russia, you might have a number of cathedrals a number of churches and you can go to any of them but there's not a sometimes there's not a meal afterwards or you know you don't you don't have a small town community that um interacts you know afterwards or or you the whole place is orthodox you go to this cathedral one sunday for divine liturgy and you go to another for vespers or whatever but in America, guess what? We have tight knit parish communities. Yep. And you know, Nathaniel's saying parish councils are very often women led. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's 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 an interesting point you bring up, Stephen, because you know the Roman Catholic Church experienced escape velocity from its ethnic roots more totally than 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 I see with Orthodox parishes, right? You know, you go to an Orthodox parish and it's like, okay, I've just landed in Russia or I've just landed in Greece, you know, whereas, you know, the Irish and to a lesser extent, the Italians, but the Irish and the Italians, you know, you might go to a place that's named after St. Anthony or St. Rock or, or, or what have you, but it's, it, it all feels very American, you know, you know what I mean? Like that they blend it in, in a way that, you know, the, the, the Orthodox has sort of stayed a, a little bit more ethnic and I'll be interesting. I think Paul's point, at least the way I'm hearing it is that it'll be interesting to see this influx of, uh, Americans, you know, um, uh, of all var- variety of ethnic, uh, stripes, um, entering in and, you know, what's the difference between a Russian thing and an orthodox thing like what's the difference between a russia uh, a, a greek thing and an orthodox thing and i think that'll be really interesting to see how that all plays out um you know because those roots are deep you know um you know because even in little like new england towns up here you know you've got like the, the portuguese parish on one side of the village green you've got the irish parish slash french parish on one side of the village green and on the opposite side of the village green you've got the italian parish you know it's like I thought it was Roman Catholic. Well, yeah, but 
you know, it now, now in my lifetime, all that's gone, right? In terms of Catholicism, there's no such thing as ethnic Catholicism in any sizable way. Now it's, uh, it's more propositionally sorted than it is or, or, or liturgy style sorted now than it was back, you know, in the, in the sixties and fifties and earlier. And the Christian form church, it's entire, it's entire history from the 20th century on has been a wrestling with this question of ethnicity. Yeah, Paul, you grew up in in Patterson, like that was a racial reconciliation parish. Like, I mean, that right there is my. It, you could argue that's a it's a sort of it's 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 already a new church because it's escaping, you know, it's it's escaping the orbit of ethnicity, D Dutch ethnicity, right? Yeah, and and then the burning the wooden shoes moment for the denomination. And it was a Dutch immigrant that, of course, it was a Dutch immigrant that, yeah, we should burn the wooden shoes. Well, you as a Dutch immigrant have absolutely no idea, as opposed to someone whose family's been in here 75 years longer than yours. Yeah. Because as an immigrant, in some ways, you see ethnicity better, but in another way, you don't. It's all of these, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's all yeah. of these difficult things. And, 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 you know, so again, reading Carlos um, Erie's reformations um just reading about the medieval catholic church and the the secular clergy and the um the, the secular clergy and the regular clergy right. and and right. and then then when i because heard, remember that because remember that process is we 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 tend to think of it like you know the the, the church existed and then we have all these orders right, right. but it, it's really kind of the other way around yeah it's really the orders precede the sort of the building out of the structures of secular Catholicism, and what I, I think that's a that's a, a, a an, an often misunderstood point. In fact, a lot of my friends believe that that the secular church will 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 go away, and that it'll be um, the orders will will rise up again to kind of bridge it, bridge the gap. Um, you know, Paul, I, I've always thought of the Reformation's idea is. Is the is the lab leak hypothesis right that that the great failure of of the church with Luther was was um, Luther left Luther was either Luther left the lab or was kicked out of the lab um, because you, you, in other words you know if you, I remember the first time that I read a Protestant history of the church and I, and I remember just being like what like what are you talking about you know and I, you know because and, you know, because because what you hear Catholic tell church history, you know, is like we forget about the East for a second. Right. Blah, 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 blah. And then we get to this uh, this pivotal moment where Martin Luther, you know, bangs the theses on 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 the door. And that's when the Protestant Reformation began. Right. And so, you know, so it's so, right. I mean, so this is the way that the story is sort of told. And it's like yeah. you know, that rascally monk who decided to sort of break ranks. And then you read a Protestant history of it. You're like, well, you know, for, you know many, 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 you know, years and generations before you have all these sort of these versions and this, that, and the other. And, and if you're an Anglican, I remember I, it was an, it was a, it was a, an Anglican history of the church. And so of course, who figures pro prominently in there is the Zwingli and the, and the Lollards and, and all this. I'm like, wow, they're claiming that, you know, like, yeah. oh, you know, and so if, if you think about it, then if you think of it this way, Francis of Assisi, could very well have been the first Martin Luther because yeah. there, were, there were antecedents that, I'm sorry, precedents of 
Francis. And part of the reason why Francis got in such hot water initially is because the, the, the establishment church was like, oh, here we go again. We've got another organization of the free spirit or what have you. And But they were able to keep him in the fold and therefore opponent process the actual institutional church to rebuild itself and reinvigorate itself with that spirit. Imagine, Paul, if, 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 what is it, Cajetan? If Cajetan and, and the boys had actually been able to sort of like, you know, absorb Luther. Because, yeah. we, again, I know I'm going to put myself in trouble here with my Catholic friends here, but, you know, Luther had some like really important things he had to say. Yeah. And they were really true, right? Yeah. And so imagine if that had not leapt, leapt, the, leapt out of the lab, um, you know, leaked out of the lab, but it had rather been, you know, it's an interesting sort of what if. Um, well, and the church did that in many other places yeah. because they had to, they had to respond to Luther because they knew, I mean, they just saw this fire burning in, of course, the Holy Roman Empire and it would catch in other places and they didn't want to lose Italy and France and Spain. And, and so, you know, the church, and that, I think that was great about um, Carlos Erie's book because he shows basically that. You know, okay, Luther, that got unmanageable quickly. But in other places, they were able to sort of manage this. Now, you had St. Bartholomew's Day, of course, in France, where, you know, yeah, 50,000 people died in one day. I mean, it's just like, kill them quick and squash the... But then France sort of pays for it with the French Revolution. That's right. And and so there are realities that, that are not finally denied and and so that's what that's where we get to this point now where it's so interesting to watch the orthodox yeah, really good. come yeah. on the scene yeah yeah that's what i was going to say which, which what excites me Stephen, is minus the numbers issue you know and paul that's a fascinating stat i didn't realize that the orthodox and the C- the cocs are actually larger well the non-immigrant numbers. orthodox right. Right, right. Okay. So so okay, that's a different that's a good distinction. But I'm 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 fascinated because, you know, especially with what's going on with the mess of the hierarchy right now, in my opinion, you know, a lot of people like me, you know, are looking to your church, Stephen, and be like, Man, the liturgy's really good, like really, really good. And they're not scared to be weird and like you know, they 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 care about the ancient roots. Well, if you're me, like it sounds like absolutely perfect for me, right? So, so you know, so now I'm 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 really hopeful. You know, what if 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 we again in sort of this op this model of opponent processing, right? If this model of opponent processing can sort of really do some work, we could have some a real generative force here, um, because like in my opinion, you know, it's like, you know, I'm Catholic. Like I am Catholic to this day because an evangelical best friend of mine back in you know 1992 witnessed to me, right? I you know I was you know and you know I had left the church, I was gone, but my my best friend was like, man, there's just something so compelling about this figure of Christ in the Gospels, you know, and I that that struck me in an important moment, right? So so uh, but so then that was a way that I kind of got opponent processed. You know, not you know, maybe from one vantage point it failed because I stayed Catholic or I became or I became Catholic again, I guess. You know, but but what about the ways in which you know? I mean, I you know, I guarantee you, if you could sort of send uh, you know, you know, fifty Catholics to a divine liturgy, you know, 
um, 20 of them would walk out being like, man, why is my church not like that? And, and, and I believe it would be that high. And if you scaled it by generation, I'm 51. I would say that the people my age and l- younger who still bother to go to Catholic church, I bet I bet like 75% of those people would be like, I like that. You know, because they're already ready to experience um, formalized liturgy. But what if it was seriously done? And then, and then we also have Catholics and Orthodox that just they want to go to the mega church. Yeah, you know, yeah. I yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's I regularly run into you know, there's a fair, there's a decent Greek Orthodox presence here in the Sacramento area, area, and I regularly run into former Orthodox who I just had to get out of there. It yeah. was, you know, it was stifling. It was road. It was, it was all of this stuff that you heard, let's say the Jesus movement. So in, in many ways, the mega yes, church yeah, is just yeah, the yeah. product of yeah, the, totally. the Jesus movement in the sixties and seventies. And, and, you know, when I see this, I just, I just see Christ continuing to renew his church and give people, um, you know, give, give people a way to, to come back and, even if they're they're coming back in strange ways, and, and yet all of these issues, um, the the issues like you know when we're talking about money and and many of these other questions, the issues don't go away. You have to live through them, and you have to pay the you have to pay the costs associated with the decisions you make with respect to them. Mm. But the issues don't go away in this in right. this dispensation. So right, right. Um, any thoughts you had, Stephen? You know, you're obvi- you're not at the conference, are you? No, mm-hmm. you're at work. Yep. Okay. Any any have you? Did you get a virtual ticket, or have you seen anything on social media? No. Talked about the conference. Oh, well, like again, part of my story is I was single and beautifully alone in my apartment, reading ten books a month. To flash forward, getting married with two kids in two years. So, yeah. oh, congratulations. So my money and my time or my wife and my yeah. six month old and my 18 month old. Um, as it should be. <laughs> but uh, I'm definitely following it and keeping tabs. But on that topic, though, um, I think so. I like, you know, Gavin Ortland. He has a little bit of a YouTube presence. And oh, yeah. yeah. Presence oh, and yeah, I know. I know who Twitter. he is. I love following his videos because I I grew up in the Church of Christ. Um, Is that the denomination but, he's part of? No, he's he's, he's a Baptist. Theory, he he? He's a Baptist preacher, he's a reformed or pastor Baptist. of some sort, something yeah, like Baptist. that. But but I've forgotten. Reformed Baptists don't know what they're doing. But anyway, go on. I've forgotten the a lot of the ways that my old you know Church of Christ people used to think and see the scriptures and see church and all that. So I love watching those videos to remind myself and, and in, you know, actually still man, somebody who's still in the tradition, but speaking to Kel's point about, um, yeah, you take 50 Catholics who are maybe yearning for a more traditional liturgy. They go to divine liturgy, um, have a great experience. And, counterattack that with all these ortho bros online you know who are going to that same line liturgy and getting on twitter and having very protestant conversations yeah, yeah. but that's but the weird thing being orthodox is um you 
we do have some of us do have the inside knowledge that you can't express online yeah like social media is purely a you can call it a Protestant or you just it's it's what Verveke calls the pro propositional yep, yep that's yep. the only way you can communicate on Twitter and and these conversations and things like that but with orthodoxy there is a miss still a mystery to it and it's still an initiated um sacramental uh right and coming from the church of christ to orthodoxy the the issue that i think a lot of orthodox people have is we do have a genuinely different insider's knowledge of a phenomenon well, well and, and so and that's so important, right? Because you know, it's like the difference between exoteric and esoteric knowledge, right? You know, like I can go, um, and, and I like I do think this is what I love about poetry. Just sort of side note, you know, is that is that orthodoxy? I mean, look, religion should be experiential, right? And and you could abstract out these exoteric things that you could stick on a piece of paper on a spreadsheet, but that's ultimately left hemispheric. I think what you're pointing to is this notion that you know to really know a thing is to live it out, right? It's like like you know it's like you know this as a, as a married man, like to, to to sort of you can know about marriage, right? You know uh, all day long, but now that you're married, you've got two kids. Like, what did I think I knew? I knew nothing, John Snow, right? You know, it's like, it's yeah. like, it's like, and now you know, like loads, right? So to me, it recaptures this pre-modern sense of knowing, right? Which really gets me to sort of Paul, your project. I mean, I think that's what you are really, we are really wrestling with here in the corner is we have really shrunken down this conception of knowledge to like just that. Yeah. And like, oh, it sits on top of a world that you have to ultimately experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that 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 and I really appreciate that when I listen to to my orthodox friends, you know, yeah. that, you know, that 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 is what's stressed. And I think that's a the greatest thing that a, that an orthodox priest can tell to a to a catechumen, it would seem to me, is it's like just like don't talk for two years. It's like yeah. be live it out, breathe it, sweat it, you know, all of that, you know. And I think, I mean, the orthodox are having something that a lot of Protestants would call a revival in america right now and that should be celebrated and yeah. i celebrate yeah. that i yeah. and and revivals are great they're exciting they're fun god is doing a work in the church he's bringing in people and it's an orthodox style revival and this is what god uses in times and places to build his church and and there'll be there'll be hard days to come to but it's always i mean the world is so big and these things are always so uneven go ahead cal so so Stephen, to to your point about this there's a it's an interesting quip from um, John Paul II. This was years ago, and and I, I can't place it, so apologies. But he was being asked about pornography, something like that, and he said, you know, he's like, look, it's not that pornography shows too much. It does, of course, right? But but ultimately, it, it shows too little. It can't possibly capture the the mystery of embodied, you know, sex intercourse. You know that 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 it is sort of lived out, you know, from, from, from within it. And so I wondered again, look, what's the most powerful thing on the internet? Pornography, right? You know, and I think there's a, there's a, because it can actually, it can, it can extract and abstract out sort of this sort of very powerful sort of, but ultimately very, very limited thing um, that, 
that, that, that like, like when I think of my own students, for instance, who get exposed to pornography too early or, or what have you, you know, my concern is that they think they've seen it all. And, and I, you know, the three of us can say quite clearly, no, it's they, they see nothing. They, they, they know nothing. Ultimately, and that's the sad part of it. Yeah, it, I think that's a great illustration, Kale. Mm-hmm. That they you can't, and and I often I often, oh that that's just the way life is, and that's part mm-hmm. of what we're dealing with with these screens is. There's always an inside, and mm-hmm. um, for good and bad, mm-hmm. um, because people sometimes they know the inside and they they want to get the heck out, um, but it's. No, and I, I'm really, I'm really happy for this conference, and I'm, I'm glad they made it, and they'll learn some things, and I want to, I want to keep learning from them, and I want to, I want to keep, again, it's the product. Protestantism is sort of the, um, sort of the experimental wing of the church has long been, uh, yeah, yeah. and. And so I think part of what we are wrestling with in this little corner is, okay, we have these new tools. These tools change us. And so part of part of what you can't deny about, and again, Carlos Erie sets this up beautifully in his book, Reformations. I mean, he, he begins in 1450 when Nicholas V, he's living in the Lateran Palace and he moves over to the Vatican and he has a plan. And he wants to he wants to tear down the fourth century St. Peter's and build a new, bigger, better one. And so he gives a plenary indulgence to anyone who does a pilgrimage to Rome and the money rolls in. And he's like, oh, and well, that is going to set up a string of events yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. going to lead to, you know, Tetzel and Luther. Yeah. And, right. you know, and, and people sometimes go to the Vatican. They're like, wow, St. Peter's the Vatican. I say, yeah, it only cost them half of Germany. That's yeah, what... <laughs> right. And all of England and yeah, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's history is history is like that. And well, this is, this, is, this is Peterson. I mean, this is Peterson. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, nobody ever gets away with anything. No, you know, and and that that's a perfect it's a perfect illustration of an unintended cost. You know, you thought you were building, you thought you were buying St. Peter's Basilica. You did, but you bought something along with it too. Yeah, and and we're in this technological space now. And then he, the next chapter, he goes into everything that happens. He looks at the reformers, and they're all born in this tiny little window, and yeah. he says, "What's with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's with that? There, that's not nothing." And you had Columbus and of course, and, and so you, and then the printing, I mean, Columbus and the printing press together, you think about, and, and and we are unconscious of most of ourselves. You know, I realized this, I I talked a little bit about the fact that I've had a little bit of, I don't have writer's block. I get video block sometime. And a lot of people are like, you sure don't look like you ever have video block, but I, and I've had it enough. I don't have to get it very often, but it's usually because something is being birthed in me, but uh, I don't, my conscious self doesn't know what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then boom, I get to the end of it and I have an insight and a realization and I see something It's like, oh, okay. Now I have to figure out how to, how to roll that out. But well, I mean, there's this, tons going think, on right now. Yeah. I mean, think about that though, Paul, just like, you know, like, oh, ho-hum, you know, 
Columbus discovers there's like an entire like half of the globe that we've just have not been conscious of. That might have a way of changing things just a little bit, right? And and you know, and it's funny we're we're all so familiar with that. It's like 1492. Like we're so all so familiar with it that we just forget. Wait, but like, what would that have been like to all of a sudden discover that what you thought was this is this? You know, I mean, it's just it's uh, and, and you know, you can you can do a whole reading of. The, the canon, right? You know, the, 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 the great books, right? You could do a whole reading that, that is just like a riff on North and South America. Like this is new, right? And, you know, and, and who's, you know, Shakespeare's writing at this time, you know, I mean, it's just, it's like within that hundred year period, I don't know, man, it's just, we, we underrate it oddly enough yeah. as much as you know, we all know about it. We think we know about it, but we don't. It, and it was, it was almost like, if we had gone to the moon and discovered civilizations. Mm, yeah. Right. 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 And it'd be like, what, what, and, and civilizations that were sort of like us, they were like us enough that we could have sex and babies with them. Yeah, that's right. That's but right. almost nothing else sort of works right. Oh, by the way, they're still practicing human, human sacrifice. What's with that? And just look at the way that sort of permeates. And, and of course the Europeans go over there you know the the rest is history just did an excellent um did an excellent series on cortez and people kind of complained it was eight series was eight episodes long but what they nicely showed in that series on cortez was i mean cortez was a deeply religious man he was also a killer yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was also completely mercenary but they'd always had mass on the beach and of course and and then, well, we have to save their souls. Well, do they even have souls? Mm -hmm. And and how does how does religion and slavery work? I mean, there's so many issues on the table. Well, and now we of, just go back and say, oh, we discovered the world obviously. was round. No, not really. Yeah, yeah, so it's like, obviously they have souls. You're like, okay, but like we we kid ourselves. Look, I'll like, I mean, I'll I'll insert the the the, the moment here. I mean, what if the aliens thing is real? Right. And again, I know I've just probably like destroyed Paul's channel here, but, you know, but but I mean, this is exactly what we're going to have to face. OK, so again, if we're all about patterns and looking at patterns and navigating patterns and do, guess what? We're about we're about we're staring a new pattern, a new iteration of an old pattern right in the face. And it's about to blow us all up. And and we're, you know, the printing press. I mean, Erasmus, that book, um, you know, Fatal Discord. Erasmus said, you know, just the fact of you've got the Vulgate yeah. and then you've got a Greek text and Erasmus's notes next to it. And the fact that you don't have to just be some monk somewhere. Now, thousands of people can afford to buy this. And of course, the Vulgate was divinely inspired, but now it's staring you in the face that Jerome, you know, basically... You know, massage some things. Yeah, of course. Build it out. Now, Jerome wasn't intending, but right, right. the whole conceptual philosophical thing. And then, you know, the book that in many ways just sort of blew my mind, um, uh, Brett Sockold's, you know, um, transubstantiation book. I was reading that and it's like, oh, of course, you know, of course. Mm -hmm. And and so now the Orthodox are in. And so in some ways. You know, the orthodoxy, although you've made a number of landings, if you read Molly Worthen's 
uh, apostles of reason. The Orthodox have, have sort of been pinging the West a number of times, but it was the fall of the Iron Curtain that really brings in both Ukrainian and Russian evangelicals and charismatics into America, into Sacramento. But also, you know, it's not just the Greek Orthodox now, it's all these other orthodoxies that were behind the Iron Curtain. And so Paul King's, so Paul King's North joins a Romanian monastery church. In Ireland. In Ireland. In Ireland. And, you know, it's it's this kind of little stuff that generates exactly what we're living through. So it's a really cool time to be alive. It is. It is. And it is. and and so Stephen, you know, you're you're part of this, you're part of this Orthodox revival in America. And that's a super cool thing. And maybe a hundred years from now, Richard Rowland will be, you know, uh, you know, he'll be canonized or whatever they call it in the Orthodox Church, or he'll be, you know, there'll be hagiography that you'll write. I was with Richard Rowland in his backyard around the campfire, and we were reading, um, you know, we were reading Dante. And tell me about tell me about Richard Rowland again, Stephen. <laughs> Yeah. Like this is a this is such a cool time and the thing is that with any significant substantive movement there will always be criticism, opposition, sniping, mm-hmm. petty jealousy, all of that stuff always comes with anything significant. So don't let it bother and you. we we always underestimate just how messy and dirty and icky everything is. Oh yeah, we're we're living the life because at least we're not <laughs> killing each other over this. I mean, Luther had to get abducted to save us. They knew what to do. So, well, we've yeah, gone on, part I've of gone the, on for like. Two, go ahead, Stephen. No, I mean that's part of the again. Even so, it, it's a blessing and a curse coming from you know um, long tradition ethnic churches mixing with a uh, a people that only been around for a couple hundred years that basically are taught to erase their history every right. with every birth they have yeah um yeah. but we're used to speed and you know th- that evangelical side that wants to make things popular and and more widespread but uh, you know as time goes and father de young says this all the time Maybe in 500 years we might have an American orthodoxy. <laughs> right, right. And there's some of us that understand that our roles are so small. Yeah. Like, and and even speaking with what Luke and everything was talking about, Mammon, you have to have a good relationship with Mammon because if you if you think you can get out of this world as a Puritan, you're you can't move. You know, like. Every corporation. You're talking to a well, what I mean is like, is what's that? <laughs> what do you mean a Puritan? Well, you have, I mean, just like the conversation of, uh, you know, even when it comes to, like even Kel was talking about, um, would it be better if I got a job making $300,000 a year or follow a meeting and yeah. do something else? Or, yeah. you know, how do we, how do we handle the fact that churches have to be paid for? And some of that money is going to come from the, the defense industries that yep. our parishioners work for. Right, right, right. You know, it's like, are all of us supposed to quit our jobs because we have to have 
pure income sources, no. Um, it, it's it's just we live in a, a yeah, weird weed, time. The weeds and the wheat grow up together. We have to we have to always remember that. Yeah, you know? and it's yeah. not always clear which one is which. Frankly, yeah, yeah. But our yeah. our whole American system is designed for the office life and the, and commutes and two cars and suburbs. So, I mean, that's just our system. And if you want a job and you want a family, you want to make some money and raise Orthodox kids, you're going to work the sales job where you're selling some product that you don't really care about, but it makes you a lot of money and it makes the, you know, Pfizer more profitable or, yeah. or what have you. But guess what? That's just your little, you know, role that you have to swallow and go to, go to as many services as you can during the week and raise Orthodox kids, you know, but. Well, that's why it was so fun to have, um, Rick Walker, when he came on the channel, it was like everyone just, you know, I remember that, you know, a a podcast from the mansion and, you know, I'm on a, I'm on a channel together with Donald Trump Jr. And I mean, all formations have, I mean, to, to have any reality in this world means there's any boundary is going to have boundaries. It's just the way it is. So, yeah, right. it's just the murk. I think it's just the murkiness that some of us Orthodox people are. We we some of us see have a wholesome idealism. We we kind of see what the world could be or what a good Orthodox country could be, and and it's true and good and beautiful and wonderful. And then we have our day to day lives, and it's just a matter of sorting it out you know yep well i am uh any any last any last thoughts i don't um so uh upcycle i i haven't uploaded the uh the choo-choo yet i sorry i i haven't i don't have the choo-choo branding i gotta get the choo-choo branding on there so i'm gonna my my outco will be i'm gonna go back to dog bark and his psalm one i found that the other day so dog bark i think has 14 15 subscribers and I got to do a randos conversation with Dave. So Dave, I'll tell you a little bit of Dave's story. Dave, Dave used to be a painter um, and he, he, he was involved with a whole bunch of different churches and stuff. And then he had heart surgery and he didn't really recover from heart surgery. He basically had about a dozen years kind of in the twilight, a lot of it in bed, but just didn't have any strength. And about six, eight months ago, he, he'd been watching the Freddie and Paul show and leaving comments on the channel and about six, eight months ago, it was like he he kind of woke up and had strength again. And he's like, I want to go to church. And so he takes an Uber to, he said, where am I going to go to church? Well, I'll go to Living Stones where we have the Freddie and Paul show. So he shows up one day and, you know, Freddie says, dog barks here. I said, what? He said, dog barks. I didn't even know he lived in Sacramento. And he comes in. And so now he's a regular on the Freddie and Paul show. And he he obviously loves music and he plays the harmonica. And so he Love just... It. He's he's putting stuff on his channel. Um, he's he he he's been twice on Pine Creek, who is the guy that Nathan um, Ormond, you know, kind of took Nathan Ormond out of Christianity. He's been on Pine Creek a couple times. Like Pine Creek ain't gonna turn Dave away from Christianity. It's not gonna happen. But uh, so Dave Dave does the the you know does a just a beautiful version of Psalm one. So I, I picked it up and said, ah, this is gonna be branding. This is gonna be branding. So hey, hey Paul, just before you you sign out here, I I, I really do want to talk with you about a TLC D, uh, defense against the dark arts class. Okay. Um, 
just at some point, because I did get a green light, I'm, I'm going to do a senior elective uh, and I want it to be very TLC inflected. So just FYI. Do you, you want to do that talk online or do you want to do it offline? What do you Whatever mean? you want. I mean, if you, th I think people might like it, but um, oh, okay. I'm, I'm happy to do it. Just bantering back and forth on email too. It, 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 no big deal. Okay. Okay. We'll figure that out. I'll right, send cool. you, I'll send you an email or a DM and a DM right. in Twitter. That's, it's that's easier perfect. to find in Twitter. That's what Yeah. I'm yeah. Saying. Same. Thanks, thanks for letting me bomb your conversation. No, uh, Stephen, thanks for coming it. on. It's great yeah. to meet you. Yeah, and um, it's great to hear a little bit of your story. That's um, I, I really love it that that some of the other channels are doing Randall's conversations and, you know, knitting the community together. So that's that's what it takes. So. All right. So thank you all. And I will I will we will leave here with dog bark and uh, his rendition of Psalm one. He does it beautifully. Yeah.
the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish.